Blog Talk Radio. And now, live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. It is a Friday night football party. Let's go. Time to dig in and break down week three in the NFL and give you our picks for week four coming up in a couple of days. You are indeed listening to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. You are listening live on a Friday night, September the 27th, 2019. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Thank you for joining us on a Friday, a day earlier than we've been doing it for the uh earlier part of the season got some business to tend to tomorrow night so we're going to get our picks in tonight is is not really anything we're we're missing for tomorrow night there's no injuries hanging over the league that is going to come down to the last minute Uh, everything's pretty much resolved uh all the news unless antonio brown wants to mount some sort of crazy comeback and and sign with a team very very last second uh, i don't think anything's going to be happening tomorrow that's going to have any material effect on our picks. So Jay, we uh, were, we had tradition going into our picks last week because of all the, the kids and all the uncertainty in the air. And it was, it was founded. Those kids were very hard to pick. Some of them did really well. Some of them not so much, but uh, we, we didn't have the best week of trying to pick those games last week. Uh, you overall, you went seven and nine and I went eight and eight but that was mostly on the veterans when I dug in and looked and saw uh, the four the, the four games that we won together, the, the four games in which we both picked the same team correctly. Only uh, one of those games uh, had one of those kids playing in those games, and that was the Thursday nighter with Gardner Minshew uh, when Jacksonville knocked off Tennessee. All those other games uh, with all those kids, all those rookies, all those injury replacements, one of us, at least one of us, got it wrong, and in uh, several several of those cases, we both got it uh, monumentally wrong. Uh, yeah, I think the big one would have been, if I had to guess, I would have to say it would have been the Carolina Panthers, uh, probably the su- most surprising one. We should have known better than to trust the Arizona Cardinals as a as a home favorite. You know, you just when you look at their even their statistics for the season show that, yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray looks like he's been passing the eye test so far, but on paper, that's still an absolutely horrendous team. And uh, Kyle I, Allen just shred. I mean, the, the Cardinals yeah. defense. Oh my God. I mean, there were some plays where I was watching uh, Kyle Allen completing crossing patterns over the middle. And if you watched the replays, these guys were cutting underneath the routes, you know, the, the, the receivers were cutting underneath the safeties and the linebackers and all the guys in coverage who literally had their backs to the play as these receivers for the Panthers were catching the football. The coverage was that bad. Like they never anticipated somebody could be running behind them with the ball. 
yeah, like like that guy who you know cut underneath on the crossing pattern. There's no way that they would throw the ball to him. Oh man. <laughs> um, so no, I had Kyle Allen. That was my guy. Uh, so you had that pick. I had that one. Okay, one so you had that one. So you had that one. I I had Daniel Jones. Did you have that too? You, you, you didn't have uh, him. No, that was all you. Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't necessarily going that was all full on Daniel Jones. The fact that they won the game has has kicked the media, you know, <laughs> into overdrive for how like it's not like this guy this guy was not even as impressive as some of these other rookies that we've seen. He wasn't a I don't I think Minshew has been playing better. Kyle Allen had one hell of a game. The whole reason we're getting all of the uh love for you know, Mr. Adversity, Daniel Jones, is because he plays in New York in a big media market, and they won the game. But they also had a Tampa Bay team on the other team who was very willing to just give up the points. And their kicker left four points on the table in very easy fashion. Mm. You know, you miss two extra points and a field goal, and you you win by one. Eh, eh. Should probably be zero and one, Daniel Jones, probably. <laughs> but, but they, but he moved them. They they moved the football, and that you know it wasn't just checkdowns, and you know there there was clearly, uh, I don't think the, I don't think the Bucks were prepared for his running. You know he he kind of reminded me of Josh Allen, the uh, the other Josh Allen, um, from Buffalo in that respect, where he's kind of a big guy and you don't expect that he's going to move around as good as he can move around. And the next thing you know, he's running by you. And uh, he kind of reminded me of, uh, of Josh Allen in that respect. The project. So you got, you got it. The the hype machine, the the victory that just Mm. sent everyone into a tizzy and uh, he hasn't earned the full blown. So I'll give him a partial here. That's that's all he gets because it, it's really out there the way they're praising him. He's not the the next Messiah. It's not full on. Oh my God, this guy's going to win multiple Super Bowls and the, the way they were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but it's 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 approaching that after one game, the hype and the love for Daniel Jones was approaching something like that. So he, he earned a little bit of of, of holy praise uh, from what he did last week. But uh, slow your roll, everybody. Slow your roll. Yeah, but we, we it's to be expected. I mean, oh, yeah. And, and yeah, and just the media coverage for one win. I mean, this is a rookie quarterback making his first start, and he won a game. Oh, my God, he won a game. Um, <laughs> a game that he should have lost, like you already said. If yeah, they and, the and field I hate goal. to say, <laughs> it's going to sound a bit condescending, but the media coverage almost felt like the, like he was getting the pat on the head, you know, from the parents Yay, who thought he was doing he a good job. Right. Yeah, yeah. With, <laughs> It really, it really felt like that, you know. I have expected the Hercules, Hercules. I have expected some of that to start coming up, but yeah, that the rookie quarterbacks, yeah, that was a thing. I look at the fact last week that I got hooked or had one point losses or some bad beats. I, I probably left four or five wins on the table last week that that I should have had, but eh, we we have. But this one really stood out. Um, you know, we, I, I feel like we were both, <laughs> I know what uh, you're going to say. I think, well, no, I mean, I got hooked by the, by the chiefs. Uh, that one happened. Uh, the oh, Patriots yeah. completely decide to crap the bed by putting in the backup quarterback to throw a pick. Actually the Patriots only gave up a def- a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. 
Right. They actually beat the Jets' offense thirty to zero. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As the yeah. one. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, I'm not buying myself a, a Stidham jersey anytime soon, and uh, I feel like we both got screwed on that San Francisco pick because how you turn the ball over five times and multiple times in your opponent's red zone, but you still win the game. Uh, San Francisco should have won that game by thirty. Right. So yeah, we, we, you know, we, we definitely got screwed on that one. Yeah, no, the New England one stood out. The hook, the, the the late touchdown for Baltimore to get that to five out of five and a half point spread, that one hurt. Um, you you switching your lock of the week probably gets to go down as uh, only a move uh, that you can pull. You no know, we kid. are now one in five this year on locks. I know. Believe me, I know. One in five between the two of us. Um, on our locks of the week, that just that goes to show you all the uncertainty. I made all my picks this week. You know, I do them on that pick, pick watch site, and you know how yep. you can sort of put your confidence on each one. I swear, all of my picks are ones this week. <laughs> you know, I they should all be ones for me from from this point forward because I really don't know. All my picks should be I don't know. Just yeah, break break out the, the coin. I should get my own coin. The Packers win by eight, right? as a seven point favorite. So there was just, it was one of those weeks where I went seven and nine, but I felt like I very could have easily gone 11 and five. Um, in fact, I actually went 12 and four straight up. So I had a solid week picking winners. Uh, I should have, if I was betting money lines, I would have made money. Right. But that illustrates why we started going to points. Exactly. So much, so much easier. more of a challenge. Yeah. So, and if yeah, I would have just, uh, yeah, it, it, like you were saying, if I'd have just stuck to my guns and went with my original lock, that one just really messed up my whole week because yeah. I knew it. I, I told everybody what was going to happen, and that's exactly what happened. As soon as I switched and changed my lock, uh, for those of you who didn't listen last week, I had the Cowboys minus 22 and a half, which is just a preposterous number and just ridiculous to even think that that should be a lock for any reason except the Miami Dolphins are that bad. And then when I saw that the Seattle Seahawks were only a five-point favorite against Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints, I said, oh, that that feels like a gift. Because usually the Seahawks at home, especially early in the year, get all the love thrown at them. They're always double-digit favorites <laughs> early in the year. And I failed to remember the, uh, the other part of that, which is they usually don't cover because they're usually overrated early in the year. And it yeah. appears to be the case once again this year, so... Not only does does the Seahawks uh, not cover, they lose the game straight up to Teddy Bridgewater, who I count him among the newcomers at quarterback, even though he's not a a kid, he's not a rookie at all. But when you think about where he's coming back from and all the the hate that I throw on Bridgewater, because I don't think he's that good, as as good as some people think, but um, I keep forgetting how he he came back from a knee knee injury that was so catastrophic that people thought his career might be over. Uh, they thought he might lose so, his leg. Right. So coming from 2015 uh, to not playing at all for two, three years, something like that, and then coming back last year, that he's almost like a, a rookie. He, he's starting over. He had to retrain and relearn how to use his knee and everything. So uh, kudos to Teddy Bridgewater. He, he got it done. Um, I'm still not very impressed with him, but uh, he won the game. It's a W. A win's a win. Yeah, you know – that was an interesting one because I think what sort of gets lost in the mix is we all focus on Drew Brees and his what's 
seems to be declining skill set with all of those great offensive weapons around him. And we, I think we sort of overlooked the fact that the, the Saints can still play some defense. Yeah, at times, yes. Yeah, they're they're not atrocious. They're they're not you know the Giants. They're not Tampa. You know they're not they're not that bad. And uh, they they were clearly the more motivated team on the field. Uh, Seattle maybe thought they were just going to show up against a backup quarterback and win the day. And uh, hey, you know in the NFL you just you just can't do that. We've seen multiple examples this year of teams that just looked like that they were just going to show up and and just hand it to the other team. And uh, every time I think so far, those teams have either been just outright beaten or needed huge second half comebacks to, to, to pull out a victory. Um, the Dolphins. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, you obviously, you didn't have that cover until maybe the four minute mark left in the whole game. Um, you know, and you made the point that the Dolphins are probably not going to win a game, but, it, but I did predict that they would at least try they did not look like a team that had just completely given up. They just looked like a team that can't accomplish anything. A uh, big turning point in that game for me was the fumble at the goal line right at the half. I mean, yeah. if the Dolphins can punch that in or even kick a field goal um, in what was a really tight game at that point, they could have gone up, I believe it was 13-10, or at least made it 10-9 with a field goal there at the half, and then Keenan Drake um, fumbles at the two-yard line and gives the ball back. It's like, oh, God. That's so I mean, dolphin. That, that was. That, that's just, that's their new move. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that 22, 22-and-a-half point spread, it, it wasn't an automatic. Um, but it, 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 yeah, at the very end, you know, the, the cow, they just couldn't stop the Cowboys from scoring. The Cowboys weren't trying to score. The Cowboys were, like were, you were kind of predicting, didn't seem to know how to play as huge prohibitive yep. favorites in the first half. They were so uh, tentative and they, they didn't play like a team that puts their foot on their, on the throat of their opponent and just puts them down. They, they didn't play like the Patriots did. Uh, even the Patriots sort of took it easy on the dolphins at first, but normally the Patriots, when they are huge favorites, they come out and just bludgeon and destroy whoever's in front of them. The Cowboys didn't seem to know how to, quite to handle the dolphins. They didn't want to, it seemed like they didn't want to run it right down their throat and just make it that easy. They wanted to try to play around and play action and throw it and make it seem like, oh, we really have to uh, throw a lot to contend with this tough Dolphins team, uh, which they really didn't have to do. <laughs> no. But the disturbing no. part of that game, and I watched the whole game, is like I was saying, the Dolphins tried like hell. They came out and tried. They really did put forth effort on every play, offensively and defensively. Uh, and they tried to get creative on offense. They tried every trick in the book. They had a flea flicker at one point in that game. Uh, after, the, I believe, the first field goal, they tried an onside kick uh, to try to get the ball back, and I believe they recovered it. They didn't do anything with the subsequent drive, of course. But they were trying like hell. They really were making an attempt to, to be representative out there. And at the end of the day, they still – absolutely sucked all that effort and you still gave up 250 something yards uh on the ground you still gave up two different hundred yard rushers you still lost by however many points that was uh 22 and a half point dogs you still lose by 25 my god yeah. that, i don't understand i don't i don't know i don't know how the dolphins are going to compete and, and win anything this year when this is what their best that really looked like their best effort from from 
whistle to whistle. And I haven't watched the other two Dolphins games. I just watched highlights. But this one uh, was in my market, so I watched the whole thing. And seeing an entire Miami Dolphins game and seeing how hard they were trying, Josh Rosen cared. He tried like hell, like you said he would. Uh, And they still sucked so bad. I I, I don't know. And they did it on the road. I mean, so they were game. I mean, it, they were. It was a close game at halftime. Like, like I predicted, the Cowboys would just. They really did sort of just stumble into this cover. Um, a, a a slightly better team may have hung around there and uh, and even had some 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 upset potential. But just, don't forget, they play the Jets twice, and I think the Jets might be just as bad. Ah. It, well, time will tell, but man, I don't know. That that that, that probably is the closest they're going to get to 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 a win is those two games against the Jets. Yes, uh, if there are any teams statistically that stack up as bad or worse than the Miami Dolphins so far this season, it's the New York Jets. And we don't have to worry about that rookie quarterback because they're on by this week. So thank goodness. Yeah. So that that. Uh, yeah, we talked probably probably the last uh, meaningful at all conversation that we may have about the Dolphins for a while. Um, obviously, we have to pick them every week, but but that that's that's about it. So, but that was just fascinating to me have to, to, to watch a full game of this. I just assumed they weren't going to even try, and seeing I, I, I how much effort they, they were putting out. Yeah, they are not mailing it in. They're just bad. I mean, there's a there's a huge terrible. difference. Even the the Owens so Lions. The 0-16 Lions tried like hell, right? The 0-16 Browns tried like hell. This team is, they're just, I mean, they're in the midst of a teardown. Obviously, whoever runs that organization thinks that they've just, they had to back up the truck and blow the whole thing up and make trades. And, you know, they try, they're trying to, I don't know if they're trying to even murga this. What they're doing is just, this is what they think is necessary. They probably look at that division. They see uh, New England and Buffalo, probably, you know, the two best teams, which they are, the two best teams in that division. So maybe the, the Dolphins are saying, well, you know, we need to look at a plan where we can compete once Tom Brady is gone and maybe Belichick is gone. Maybe maybe it's a five-year plan. I don't know what the Dolphins are doing, if they even have a plan. Um, suck. That's their plan. Is suck. Yeah, their their plan is to be really terrible and accumulate some high draft picks, and maybe you can end up with a a roster full of uh, overblown talent like the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> oh God, what did Rex Ryan say about Baker? Overrated as hell. <laughs> Overrated as hell. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> you know, and Rex would never put his foot in his mouth. So, yo, come on, man. See that catch me completely off guard. Last hey, hey! <laughs> Sorry. Looking at my notes, and you—I almost missed that completely. I, I wasn't even expecting that at all. Um, and we don't prep for the show, so you know you don't get—you're not—you don't get any advanced warning of my jokes. You can—you can tell, folks, that we don't prep for the show. Yeah, uh, Rams and Browns on Sunday night was—that uh, was. That was just weird because there might be a thing where the Browns at home, maybe the, the, maybe, I don't know if you see it the same way I do, but maybe the pressure of those expectations, uh, they don't seem like they're very steady uh, when they're at home. Yeah, they remind me, they remind me of those, 
2015 and 2016 Cubs teams with all that talent and all the expectations where those teams went on the road and seemed to perform better than that team did at home because you've got all the pressure of the fans. And, and obviously Cleveland has a lot of pressure in a, in a city that's starving for even semi-competent football and a lot of young players. And maybe they re, maybe they focus better when they get out of that building because the pressure is off a little bit more because um, they expect the booze on the road. <laughs> you don't expect them at home. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and the Rams, uh, that uh, the Rams were clearly ripe for the taking on Sunday night because Jared Goff's home road splits are atrocious. And the Rams are clearly, once they get out of L.A., a much different tele, uh, a much different team. Uh, so the, the Browns, if they could have amounted anything, uh, you know, any offense, uh, they they held the Rams in check for the majority of that game. The defense for the Browns showed up, and uh, Baker Mayfield and this this high flying offense that they seem to have accumulated looks great on paper. Probably plays well in Madden. Uh, so far, it hasn't worked out so far, and I wonder if this is a what's basically a rookie head coach being overmatched. Well, we know one play where he was definitely overmatched. Um, fourth and nine, folks. That's going to go down, and uh, that might go down in history. Like that might be the fourth an and nine. The, the fourth and nine draw play. Come on, that man. Um, and so that you didn't see it coming. Nobody saw it coming. <laughs> the Browns players probably didn't see it coming. They're probably like, what? Huh? Um, so clearly the turning point in the game, one of the most obvious turning points of the weekend, if, uh, in case you didn't see it, it's uh, Rams are up only four in the fourth quarter and the, the Browns are driving and they're getting patient running by, uh, by Nick Chubb and they're getting some throws by Baker Mayfield and they're moving down the field um, and they get a screen, play, uh, screen pass on third down and get smothered and covered up by the Rams and they decide to go for it on fourth and nine. And not just that, which is a long distance to try to go for it on fourth and nine. You're only down four and it's not that late in the fourth quarter. It's, it's, it's in close to the middle of the fourth quarter. So not only do they go for it, but they ran Chubb on a draw play and Eric Weddle just lit him up. Uh, just, yeah. uh, just, they had a bad missed, uh, pass interference challenge on that same drive earlier so that all plays into it it's not just that play call by Freddie Kitchens um, but it's also there was a a clear pass interference earlier in that drive uh, that was not called by the referees and Cleveland should have challenged it we saw a lot of challenges of pass interference over this past weekend and some of them got reversed uh, to my shock I didn't think that the, the referees would ever admit that they messed up a PI, I thought they would just tell, you know, to every one of them, they're just, ah, we, we can't really see, we can't determine uh, the play stands. And that's what they've been doing for the most part all year, but they had a couple of them overturned this weekend. But there was one that should have been challenged that wasn't challenged, and then on, the, on that same drive, you get to fourth and nine, they decide to call the draw play. That that was just, it was dumb. Um, the the missed challenge was bad. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens is getting it from uh, all corners, um, he's having his play calling question. He's, he's having uh, his coaching acumen question. Now, it, it is early in his tenure, so I, I would exercise a little caution, but I, I do see the, the criticism. I do see why people say maybe he's a little overmatched. He's, he does give me a little bit, little bit of Jay Gruden uh, rubbing off there. I do see a little bit of that. Yeah, you don't want to 
be the smart. You don't always need to be the smartest guy in the room. And you know, obviously, if that play works, he's a he's a complete genius. But you don't see a lot of draw plays on fourth and nine. <laughs> There's I, a reason I, you don't see a lot of them. You see draw plays on third and nine sometimes, and they work. Um, but it's really hard to get nine yards on the ground in a fourth down situation. I mean, there's got to be some better play calls. I mean, you could run a screen pass uh, more effectively um, and maybe get nine yards. Then you can just drop him back and taking the ball out of the, your, your, your big time quarterback, right? I mean, this is, and, and just trying to draw play up the middle, taking the, taking the ball away from your playmakers in that position doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And in a game that was being played and contested so tightly, the Rams, as you said, were not setting the world on fire uh, with their offense. They only go on to score another three points the rest of the game. So if you do something on that key drive and maybe take the lead, uh, maybe kick a field goal, make it a little closer, uh, maybe turn up a little bit of the pressure on the Rams, uh, who knows? Everything could have completely changed. Uh, At the least, they could have covered the spread, would have messed up both of our picks, but uh, instead, they turn it over yep. on great field position and just kind of gift gift walk uh, the Rams into field goal position. And it's just uh, the coaching staff might be part of uh, when I say that there's pressure on the on the Browns and maybe they're feeling it at home. Maybe that's the coaching staff as well. Maybe they're feeling the pressure when they're sitting there in the dog pound and everybody's root 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 in, and barking at them. And maybe they're feeling like, hey, the you know I got to do something here. I gotta I gotta justify all this hype and, and all this off season love that we were getting, uh, call a draw play on fourth and nine. They'll, they'll never see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, didn't get the taste out of the bad taste out of the fans mouths, um, who sat through the thrashing that the Titans gave them in week one. Um, so we're, we're three Doubled weeks into the Browns. Yeah. We're three weeks into the Browns schedule here. They've only beaten the jets so far. Uh, Hey, it's still early, the ultimate, right? The ultimate irony is the Browns win on Sunday, and they're in first place. It, because it's still early. Yeah. I should have named the, the show It's Still Early. It <laughs> really a lot is. Of, yeah. A lot of reaction going on, but it, it, it's it's still early. It's only the, the opening quarter of the season is about to end the, coming up on Sunday. Yeah. That's it. Although it feels like that's breezed by, though. Right. But but there's still a lot left. There's still three quarters of a season to go. So, and these teams that are some of them that are zero and three, most of them have earned it. But a, a few of them, you know that they're better than that, and you know that things will turn around, uh, such as the Eagles uh, last night. But uh, that's getting ahead of myself a little bit. Uh, but they they were one and two, not zero uh, and three. But some of these teams right. that uh, my my point was. Some of these teams that have not played up to their expectations, you know they're going to turn it around and, and give better effort. And some of them that have uh, put together big efforts and, and great records, you know that they're going to come crashing back down because it's, the teams that are 3-0 and are not going to go on and go and be 15-1. and It's just not going to happen like that. Uh, so that's the, the fun of handicapping is trying to figure out which teams are going to do what and who's going to uh, be real and who's not. We, 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 occasionally as the season goes on, play a little real or fake and try to feel a little early to play that right now. Yeah, but... we usually got to get to about week 10 or so before the real or fake starts to really show up. So we all took the, uh, the L on our locks last week. 
with with me with the that that switch to Seattle and and you with the the Chiefs finding a way to uh, only win by uh, five, being favored by five and a half. That game was was strange as well. Yeah, there were a few games. That game, the uh, the Rams, even though so close games, but close games that never felt <clears throat> like they were out of control for the team that was winning. Like I was never sitting there watching that Chiefs Ravens going, oh yeah, the the Chiefs are in trouble here, or they're going to lose this game. And I never quite felt that way for the Rams either against the Browns. You could clearly see just you know the eye test was telling you who was dominating <clears throat> the game. I mean the the Chiefs were moving the ball. The Chiefs moved the ball on everybody. Yeah. But Baltimore didn't have a lot of answers for them, and then the Chiefs held them down for most of that game. And, you know, you almost kind of had that garbage time feel there by the time Baltimore made their valiant charge. And they did, they did, make, they did make it interesting, you know, to the point where the Chiefs had to convert on that third down on that, uh, on that little screen pass to, hey, hey, how about that, a screen pass? On, uh, on a screen pass. To <laughs> not a draw? To, yeah, not a draw. It was. And but you know you're putting the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hand. You're not putting the ball in some you know third-rate running back, uh, which is basically all they have now. Or Lashawn McCoy, the corpse of Lashawn McCoy, who's been uh, productive um, for the Chiefs. But yeah, hey, I got hooked. It happens. Um, you know, it's not the first time it's going to happen this year. The the part of that game that really caught my eye, uh, having watched that whole game, was. Uh, we always make the distinction between John Harbaugh and his brother, Jim, who goes by the moniker coach insane, um, who you would have gone by the moniker coach psycho for the stuff he was doing at San Francisco, except his predecessor, Mike Singletary was the original coach psycho because of the stupid shit he was doing. But anyway, uh, we always try to make that distinction. Hey, you know, Jim, he's, he's crazy. He's weird. He's the, he's the khaki guy. John, he's, he's the normal guy. He's the, you know, he's the cool headed one. He's the, the Super Bowl champ. You know, John's the the one that's he's got his head on straight. He didn't have his head quite on straight during this game. There were a list. I'm going to miss a lot of them, but there were a list of things that John Harbaugh did in this game uh, that kind of made you raise your eyebrow. Like, whoa, he's he's really getting out there trying to to, to do some some different stuff. There were a lot of uh, going for it uh, on two point conversions. I believe they were zero for three on two point conversions, but the first one he tried was on like the first touchdown that the, the Ravens got. It wasn't like they were in a position where they just had to go for two, but uh, he, he went for it uh, on the very first score of the game. They, they went up six to nothing and he goes for two and uh, gets Lamar Jackson stuffed, but uh, he was coaching sort of like he was a 21 point underdog the way he went in there and had a lot of uh, going for it on fourth downs uh, fourth and two at the nine yard line, they went forward and, and Lamar got it, uh, got the first down on a scramble. So they, they could have just settled for three uh, on that first Baltimore drive, but they, they went forward. They kept going forward uh, throughout the game. Uh, like I said, they kept going for two. Uh, John, uh, John Harbaugh, he really put it all out there. He put it all on the line and it was, uh, it was strange. And some of it was ill-advised and, I'm sure some of it he would probably not do if he had the, a chance to go back and do it. But hey, at the end of the day, uh, he was trying to do something different. He knew the he knows how good the Chiefs are. He knew that this was his opportunity for the Ravens to sort of make a statement and and pull an upset. And I think he was trying to come at them with some stuff. He was trying to come at Andy Reid with some things that 
to, to make Andy Reid kind of go, oh, I, I haven't seen that. I don't know what to do. Um, so he was trying something different, and, and I guess I can respect that. Yeah, I just think that's the pressure that the Chiefs put on you. I, I really yeah. do. I, I think you see teams that coach differently against the Chiefs because of the of the realization that no matter how good your defense is, that you're really not going to stop Patrick Mahomes. And that team can just move the ball up and down the field on you at will anytime they want to. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you start to drive at your own 25, you're in the red zone because they're, they're <laughs> one play away from putting up a seven on you really fast. So I think you're seeing teams that get into a little bit of a they get they, they go away from what they're good at because they're trying to manage against the big play and they know that Mahomes is going to put thirty they're going to hang thirty on you no matter what and uh, the only way you're going to beat them is if you score more points than them so every opportunity to score points or, or go for it or push it a little bit more um, and it plays right into the Chiefs' hands Kansas. <laughs> Kansas City got to 30 uh, in the third quarter on uh, a, just a beautiful screen pass to Shady McCoy, uh, right past the Baltimore Blitz, and he just goes home from 14 yards out, no problem. Like, hey, all you guys are back there chasing Pat Mahomes. Look at me. I got the football out here. Um, I, I came up with a new moniker for Chiefs football. It's not going to catch on because it's probably stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, well, after I saw that particular play and just the rest of you know the whole game that the Chiefs have been playing and how – beautiful all their their offense had looked i now call the kansas city chiefs jennifer aniston football right now because it's not just pretty it's smart it's smart and gorgeous football and it's so rare to see that it's just you you know what's coming but you don't because they they do it from so many different angles Uh, i've talked about andy Reid and his weird geometry for years and years and years if you remember how he ran his offense with alex smith he always had different angles that he would run his plays and, and you didn't quite know where it was coming from, and it, was, it always kept you a little off kilter. Well, multiply that by about 50 with this guy Mahomes and his major league fastball that he brings to the park every single day and all the different angles that he uses and no-look passes and shit like that. Uh, it, it's, it's great. It, it's just great to watch. Um, it's pretty and it's intelligent. You, you see the play, and you see, oh, that's what they – okay, I – I, I didn't know what they were setting up to do, but now after you see the play, you go, "Oh, that was oh, that was that was smart. That was nice, and it was beautifully done." It's Jennifer Anderson football. It's not going to catch on, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, and, and it's one of the reasons why the Chiefs are, and they're proving it, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They're my pick to win the AFC. Yeah, I haven't seen I anything mean, to change that yet. No, they they look. I mean, I I don't think they're you know you don't. It's easier to predict 0 and 16 I think than 16 and 0 because 16 and 0 is so hard. The Chiefs will play really good teams. They'll have a letdown. You know, they'll run into a buzzsaw. I mean, Mahomes will throw a pick. You know, something will happen. But yeah, I I I don't see. I mean, if that that team stays relatively healthy, even though the defense is still a big question mark for them, I could see 14 and two pretty easily for them yeah the only reason we don't see 16 and oh i well i think um is because the teams that are that good uh have so much incentive to shut it down in weeks 13 14 15 16 so that they're not uh banged up for the playoffs because that's way more important uh the patriots are the only ones that 
pushed all the way through and went to 16 and 0. All those other teams that had a chance to, those Peyton Manning Colts and those Montana 49ers and, and teams like that, they're not trying to to put all those wins together because at some point they they're gonna like okay you're banged up like you take a week off Jerry Rice you're, you might be a little limping around let, let's shut you down a little bit and uh, maybe you'll only play you know a few snaps this week or something like that. Uh, 0 16 is not easy at all. We've only seen it twice, uh, and yet I I agree it, it is easier to to get to that than it is to 16 and 0 because there's so much incentive not to go 16 and 0 uh, because you put your your face to the grindstone trying to get to 16 and 0 and you might wear yourself out and not get to the big prize that really counts which is the Super Bowl. Uh, you might wind up being the Golden State Warriors with their record-setting 73-win season, and oh wait, but they didn't win the championship because that's what really right. mattered. Yeah. So, and it's like you said, I mean, if the Chiefs are sitting there, you know, 13 and one, or you know, 12 and two, and they, they've pretty much got things locked up, then the incentive isn't there. Why are you going to run Mahomes out there to get destroyed in a in a meaningless game? It doesn't take much. We've we've seen it doesn't take oh, a yeah. lot for these guys, you know. So no, I I completely agree when it comes to that. That that you're better off playing for you know if you're in the postseason, play for the postseason. You see it in every sport. Now, even if they're thirteen and zero, I, I think you're gonna have to consider telling Pat Mahomes, all right, that that's that's about enough of that. Maybe you'll play a half and then you'll take the rest of it off yeah. and And it, uh, you know, any team, any good team, there'll be there'll be traps. Even the Patriots when they went sixteen and 0 they're 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 a trap or two. Not not many, but they weaseled their way out of everything, you know, and, and, and won all the games and yeah, but then they lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that that Super Bowl part, that's the tricky one. That's that's the part that'll get you. Uh so, yeah, we both uh, went down on our locks, and I didn't want to uh, bring it up necessarily, but our, our guy, Naj in Atlanta, he, he, you and he had the, basically the same lock. He was saying, everybody, do not bet the Ravens. And after getting outplayed for three quarters, uh, they sneak in with that backdoor cover. So he takes the, the L as well. Sorry, Naj. Yeah, but straight up, he was right. Uh, the Chiefs were The Chiefs were too much for the Ravens. Straight up, don't put money on the money line Ravens. He wasn't. He didn't say money line, so we're giving him a bit of an out no. there. But I was power. midway through the fourth quarter. I felt good about most of my picks in, the, in those early <laughs> games, and I'm just watching them all. Yeah, I watched Stidham throw the pick six. I watched the Cowboys score with just minutes remaining in that game to give them the cover. Just yeah. Yeah, I watched the, the you know the Packers are up eight on the Broncos. The the, the Ravens scored late to get that to five. It's just, yeah, not not good. Yeah, Kansas City still has problems defending uh, airspace and ground space, and that's really what yeah. allowed Baltimore to come back and get that backdoor cover there. I, I understand the Chiefs tried to upgrade their defense in the off season and. Uh, good on them for at least making an attempt. And like you, like we said in the season preview show, the, the best thing they could have done is get Ron Parker the fuck out of there. They they replaced him, and they they don't have to worry about that anymore. So it's not quite that bad, but they, they still got issues, and uh, that that's why they were uh, the Ravens were able to, to mount that that comeback. But it, it is worth pointing out that in those first few quarters, 
uh, Lamar Jackson did mostly play like his first two games were against non-conference opponents. He did look like he was out there against a real team. It's like, ooh, this is different. This is not uh, – they got that opening drive and got a touchdown, but after that they, yeah. they really struggled. Yeah, and, and uh, one of the games we haven't had a chance to talk about yet, uh, I haven't seen anything yet after the, you know, the sudden retirement of Andrew Luck and then the injury to Nick Foles and, and what's going on with the drama in Jacksonville to, to make me think that the Houston Texans aren't just going to walk with that division now. Uh, impressive road win for them in San Diego. Yeah, the uh, the Texans get it done. And we uh, were we on that one? Yeah, we were both on that one. The yeah, twenty-seven twenty over the over the Clippers. Yeah, and in a bit of a come behind, uh, come from behind fashion, they were they were down early in that game. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of that, but yeah, yeah. when you, you know when you get to to uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, if, if, no matter how big of a lead you might have, uh, when he turns it on, he turns it on, and and gets that offense going. Uh, yeah, Houston is uh, definitely in control of that division. The, the Titans are a mess right now. The Jaguars are dealing with a backup quarterback and trying to figure out their cornerback situation. And uh, and the Colts are – Yeah, yeah this I, Jalen I, Ramsey thing. <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like that. We've got uh, – we're setting a record for guys and behaviors that I've never seen anything quite like what – Jalen Ramsey pulled off this week. That was that was a four bagger. We'll uh, we'll try to figure all that out uh, later on when we pick that game. But he had a he had a, he has a list of a string of issues to deal with that makes it look like he's not going to be yeah. able to play anytime. Ever, yeah, I mean, I you know, I work in I work at retail, and you have before, and I'm sure in your job, but you've always got that one person who every time they uh, call into work have a different excuse. Yeah, my grandma died um, yeah. again. Uh, yeah, how many grandmas do you have? Uh, this was my, the third one. She was she's like my 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 street grandma down the street. Um, she <laughs> she helped she helped raise me. Um, yeah, that's Jalen Ramsey right now. My car broke down. I'm out of gas. Yeah, we had, we had a guy we had a guy at my work who got like more and more creative about reasons why he either couldn't come to work or had to leave work <laughs> early, and it almost got to be like a game because it was never the same <laughs> excuse twice, but it was getting so over the top. And it's like, huh? all right, you know, if you just need to go, just let me know. You know, I don't I don't need the the ever escalating stories of of sickness and violence and death. Um, okay. See, look, here's what happened. See, so I, I went to the strip club, right. And, and these women were all running out of the strip club as I was coming in and I didn't know what was going on. And then they, they told me one of the other strippers stole one of the, all the other strippers money. Right. And so she was running out. And so they were running out and chasing after her and see then homeboy, the, the, the security, saw all of that and he grabbed his baseball bat and started running and swinging and he was just wild man and he was just swinging at everything and got me in the back of the head and, and so i had to go to the hospital but I ain't no, i ain't got no record of that because it was one of them you know hood hospitals they didn't really keep records so i can't really give you any proof of that but i had a big gash in the back of my head see and, and i don't i'm coming in and out and i don't really know where i am and and stuff just you know it's a little foggy and it's a little hazy uh but that's why i can't come in today man yeah, about like that. 
You're not you're too right. far. We from, all know you're, people. You're not like too that. far from the truth. <laughs> we all know people like that. Uh, so what else uh, uh, struck us last weekend? Uh, your 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 guys up there in Wisconsin, the the pack. Uh, be, even before this Thursday night game, uh, it was getting interesting as far as uh, Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. And sure. they, do they have a second half adjustment problem? Do they have a play calling problem? And Aaron Rodgers sort of calling him out in a in a non aggressive, uh, passive aggressive way. Yeah, that's saying, the hey, way Aaron we, Rodgers does things. Yeah, we the offense need to get it together. Right. Yeah, he doesn't come out and call you out specifically. It's generally very vague, but you get what the meaning is. So they, uh, he's talking about the offense has a problem. They, they had a, a, another big first half uh, last week uh, against the Broncos. They sort of throttle it down a little bit in the second half. They still cover the spread. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it wasn't looking very impressive these first three weeks, and that's why I sort of thought that the Eagles would come and catch them Thursday night and, and – Despite what Devontae Adams did, the Eagles did wind up uh, coming back and winning that game. So, yeah, there's, uh, it's not all uh, – it wasn't all bubbles and, and paradise after the 3-0 and start for the Packers, which they're now 3-1. and And that, that's something to keep an eye on just because, like you said, Aaron Rodgers, uh, when he's not happy, he lets you know. He doesn't directly let you know, but he lets you know. And he was clearly unhappy with the way things were going there even before uh, the Thursday night affair where they lose to the Eagles. Yeah, you know, in the game last night, that Thursday night game, did not necessarily strike me as any kind of a big meltdown for the Packers, but that's the, the second quarter did. Um, when that game went 21-20 to the half, and you're sitting there and you're like, wow, the, the Packers are losing a game that I'm feeling like and I'm watching them completely and utterly dominate. Um, offensively, anyways. But then you have a huge kickoff return special teams lets them down twice on a huge kickoff return and then a kick out of bounds. Um, and the, and then the Aaron Rodgers gets stripped sack on a play where Mercedes Lewis just completely whiffs on a block. Um, you know, so you have basically, and then the Eagles are scoring touchdowns in that second quarter while the Packers are settling for field goals. So you've got basically a lot of, a lot of things happening to, to green Bay that weren't indicative of their offensive like struggles or anything. Aaron Rodgers was looking looked great um in that game i mean he was clearly on target he threw for you know 400 plus yards that the running game they didn't have a running game after their uh after their more uh, larger of their two running backs just got torpedoed early in that game uh, it was the packers packers first offensive play um guy just gets completely jacked up and uh you know concussed most likely at least taken off on the meat wagon so um, I looked at that second quarter. Plus, we have another. We had another one of the well, what's pass interference plays in that game, where it looked like an Eagles DB just blatantly interfered with uh, one of the Packers receivers, and Matt Lafleur challenges it, and they come back. They've been very hesitant. This has been like what I am seeing, and you're seeing some of it too. Like the utter shock I have now when they overturn a an offensive or I mean, or a pass interference call that's either a call or a no call and they, they overturn it. It's almost shocking when it happens. Um, but there was one, yeah, everybody agreed, you know, Joe Buck agreed, Troy Aikman agreed, you agreed. I agree. Everybody watching the game agreed. Mike Pereira agreed, but apparently Al Riverone and those officials didn't agree. 
And uh, uh, that was a big step. Stands that, cold. Yeah, that would have extended a Packers drive in that second quarter when it seemed like things were falling apart for them. So, you know, I, I would I pin it all on that second quarter because that there was uh, that was a, a team that had gone. You know, what goes and puts up 20 points in the first half, and their special teams and pass protection let them down, and the Eagles knew what to do with short fields because up until that point, the Packers, when when given when when needing to go the length of the field, I think the Packers showed that the Eagles were not able to sustain drives the length of the field. But when you're given the other team the ball in plus territory, uh, you make it easy, especially when you've got a creative offense like the Eagles have. Well, of course, I pin it all on that fourth quarter drive that the Packers had uh, where they were trying to get a touchdown and they get down to the one-yard line, and it's the one-yard line. And what do they call? Well, wait, this is my oh. rant. Are you stealing my rant? <laughs> oh, I'm always uh, ranting and railing against you have a yard to get. Let's get a fucking yard. Let's get a running back in there and get a yard. It's a yard. I'm I'm always mad when people don't try to. Uh, you're you're you seem to always be specifically mad at the like the the one yard fade pass in the corner trying to get it like that, um, and I'm not a fan of that either. But just in general, to not even attempt to run the ball at the one yard line with four attempts at it, you're down thirty four twenty seven in the fourth quarter, and you got the ball at the one yard line, and the sequence goes. A jump ball fade to Jimmy Graham. <laughs> that was no good. A play fake busted up because uh, uh, Brandon Graham got in uh, Aaron Rodgers' face and, and forced him to throw an incomplete pass. So we got third down. You want to try to run it this time? Nope. Inside handoff fake and throw to Jimmy Graham over his head. And then fourth down. Okay, we tried three throws. We're going to go for it here because we need a, a touchdown. Clearly, this is our chance to run it in. Nope. Uh, they Rogers got flushed out on the throw on fourth down. He goes for Jimmy Graham. It goes off his fingers. Specifically with the Packers, what really chaps my hide, I guess, about not running is they have this running back, Aaron Jones. Whatever anyone thinks about Aaron Jones, the motherfucker averages five yards per carry for his career. Five. That's not a, a, that's not something to sneeze at. I think he can get a yard if you trust him to try to get a yard. He averages five yards per carry, and they didn't even try it once. And right. nothing Matt LaFleur does from forward to me will – unless it's a complete turnaround and the Packers go all the way to the Super Bowl, nothing he does is going to erase the stain of having the ball at the one-yard line and choosing to throw four straight times in a game that you lost by one single touchdown. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, we can crap all over a three-and-one team. Um, you know, and, and, and you were you were correct in the fact that the Eagles were going to show up and play. Uh, I think the Eagles showed up with a little bit more urgency, although they didn't have it early. You know, the Packers were controlling that game completely. I, I'm going to – yeah, so I can – we can all – it's always easy to point to the end of a game. That's why it's always so easy for people to call, you know, complain about the – uh, non-pass interference call at the end of the Saints and Rams games. I was just all going to pin it on that one thing. Um, without that complete meltdown, I think, in the second quarter of that game and a game that the Packers were completely controlling, they, they put themselves in a position with that terrible effort in the second quarter, letting the Eagles score 21 straight points to to basically put them in that spot to 
you know, go into the second half, you know, it gets to 27-20. Then the Packers, then the Eagles go for two and don't get it, letting, you know, on a nice, uh, you know, knock ball that Kevin King knocked out of the receiver's hand on what should have been a two-point completion, you know, trying to go up nine. So the Packers come back and tie it, and they let the Eagles march right back down the field on them and go up 34-27. And, you know, and then the Packers with, what, eight tries, seven or eight tries, two, two, two possessions inside the five-yard line get zero points. Zero. Zero points, culminating in a Daryl Bevel call there on the last play. <laughs> Just run the ball, my God. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, but this is again. I mean, we 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 slammed Freddie Kitchens for this. This is a rookie head coach, and Doug Doug Peterson, uh, not not exactly a, a, a coach who's been around forever. But yeah, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. I think he knows what he's doing with his team, um, knows his weapons. You know, I, I can understand Matt Lafleur deferring to Aaron Rodgers and wanting to put the ball in his hands over and over and over. But you got to have a little bit more from the one yard line. You gotta, you gotta at least, at least try. You know, you don't even have... if you're gonna, even if you're gonna show up in a big formation, come out in a big formation and let Aaron Rodgers bootleg. I mean, we know, we know how good his accuracy is and as good as throwing is on the move. You got Jimmy Graham. You don't need to show up in four wide receiver sets or or empty sets the whole time. You, you've got to make the other team think a little bit, and they they didn't really do much of that. And you you don't have Chris Johnson as your running back. You don't have a little flea back there. You have a 220-pound man who averages five yards of fucking carry. Give him the ball at least once. At least once. Right. But that's just me. Yeah. And I, you, you know I've ranted many times on this show over the years about teams that show up at the uh, one-yard line and throw the ball four times. Uh, I saw that Jimmy Graham feed, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could just yeah, you could probably oh, you could hear me from there. <laughs> you know, not just because it was my pick, but because I just think that's bad football. I've railed against teams that I have no zero rooting interest in or pick interest in, who who show up at the goal line and just suddenly go against everything that they are. Yes, that, that's. Mind-boggling how, how people just lose their identities and, and try to do things that they're not used to doing because they're trying to be again smarter than the uh, than everybody yeah. in the room. Hey, they're not going to see this coming. Watch this. Take a look at this. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, when it doesn't work, when it works, you can call yourself a genius. But when it doesn't work, then you 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 deserve all this. You absolutely yeah, deserve. and yeah. I mean, and you know, the Packers weren't going to go sixteen and zero. And the Eagles are sitting at two and two. Uh, they, you know, with, with the Cowboys doing what they've done so far, and not a lot of teams showing a lot of resistance or fight against them so far. Of course, they've also played nobody. Um, but you know, the Eagles uh, did not want to go to one and three. That's right. Uh, so, any other loose ends about uh, week three before we move on? There's a few things to take down the list here. Uh, down goes uh, Keanu Neal again. Poor Atlanta. Yeah, the, the Falcons well, we can just, just can't get over the hump. You, you gave them the kiss of death, uh, <laughs> picking them to go to the Super Bowl uh, a year early. Um, uh, there's still time. It, it can yeah, still I want to have been fired in their training staff or, or conditioning staff or something because – Man, those those Atlanta defensive players, they, they just can't stay on the field. 
So yeah, tough the next for step. them against the goal. We just we disagreed on that one. That was one of the ones I got from you. Um, taking Maybe. the Colts at home, who've been adequate, I guess they've again with Jacoby Brissett with the great Jake Brisket so far. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know how to read a lot of these teams with these backup quarterbacks in different situations, but yeah, the, the Indy's one of those teams that's getting. Uh, unbelievable offensive line play early in the year and, and running the football and controlling the clock. And, you know, any team that can run and control the clock is going to have a lot of success, but uh, yeah, they they surprised me by that. I did not expect Marlon Mack to be one of the early MVPs of the year. Yeah. I you know. And their defense has played really well. Uh, they seem to be well coached They're We'll see how long it continues. Um, we'll, We'll see how long it is before the league adjusts to what they're doing. But for now, as long as they can keep running the ball and, you know, they're getting play out of those receivers, you know, T.Y. Hilton, maybe he's not crying as much as he was when Andrew Luck retired. Maybe. Um, Vikings knock off the Raiders by 20. We both uh, lost that one. Even the <laughs> yeah. pro even the pro football focused podcast, I know that Kirk Cousins can crush you in the big moment because they made the observation he played very well in this game against Oakland because of course he did because Oakland doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, matters, we, I think we forgot our own rule is that Kirk Cousins sucks against winning teams and teams <laughs> with winning records. The Kirk Cousins can he can destroy awful teams. He he got paid because of the, how he looks against teams like the Raiders and sure enough. So of course they did. That's on course. us. That pick is totally on us. Um, and, and San Francisco, you referenced a little earlier that yeah. we, we can't really take the, the heat too much on that one because, again, you have five turnovers and still win the game, but you can't cover the spread. Uh, I, that was just a very strange uh, occurrence. They could have the lost that over, game. They were turning the ball over deep in Pittsburgh territory. Yeah. And, and could have lost the whole thing if, if not for James Conner uh, coughing the ball up. Uh, so we come through on the the night games. We never lose at night. We had all three of you the know, night I'm games. You know, I'm six and I'm six and one this year in in the Sunday Monday night so far. Uh, being the the Steelers, my only loss in on a Sunday night Monday night setup so far. So yeah, I'm six and one. I should have a towel service. <laughs> we need all these games played at night. That's the that's the key. Um, and I have to relay the the fantasy story about the uh, Chicago. Bears over the Washington Redskins on Monday night. So uh, I've come in. I, I made the page to my fantasy league up so I could see exactly what the numbers were. But I came in to the Monday night game behind by quite a bit. Um, 20 some odd points I was behind. And the guy I was playing was finished. Um, and I had one player left, and that player happened to be. The Chicago Bears defense, and oh my goodness, did they put on a clinic. They got some sacks. They got some pick sixes. They got some fumbles. They they did a little bit of everything. They were beating a snot out of Case Keenum. Um, and even after all that, if you're looking at the, uh, at the live score, uh, as the game is winding down to the end, I'm still losing by less than a point. And the la- literally the last play of the game, I'm just hoping for a, a sack, a, a 
strip and a fumble. I just need one more defensive play. A tackle isn't going to do it because tackles don't count in this league. I need something to give me points, a a score, a set, something. I just need something. Last play of the game, meaningless rollout, and I get the sack. And I win the game by less than a point. Uh, by a final of, you know, the, these Yahoo leagues, they go into decimals and, and all that stuff. So the final was I had 137.46, and my opponent had 136.84, less than wow. a point. You cannot get closer than that. The last play of the game to push me to 3-0 and on the season and keep my charm season going. I'm going all the way, baby. 17 and 0. Here I come. All right. No, no, not a Thank playoff. You to the Chicago uh, Bears. Playing straight record, huh? <laughs> yeah, I forgot there is a there is playoffs. Uh, okay, so we used to play that way. We just used to play for right. the best record, and that was the championship. And then you know we eventually was like, oh yeah, playoffs, because we needed to do something to stop playing fantasy sports in week 17. <laughs> right. <laughs> We had a lot of fun stories out of playing in week 17, but yes, yeah. Which it usually is, involves it's... you losing to my mother. <laughs> but yes, we definitely had to stop doing that. So yeah, I, I can go 16 and 0 because we do have uh, playoffs in week 15 and 16, and then we don't there do anything go. week 17 because nobody should do anything fantasy-wise in week 17. So that's my fantasy story. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the Chicago Bears defense. And I think that'll finally wrap it up for our week three uh, recap and we'll be ready to go on to pick these games in week four. Do you have more confidence this week than last week? Cause I know I didn't have, no, any I have, last I have week. less confidence. This oh week no. Than I had last week. I feel so, I am looking at almost all of these picks I'm making. Like I am making picks. I feel like could go either way and that's never a good feeling. Oh, that's awful. You're supposed and to be handicapping, I, and you're like, ah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which way to go. Yeah. So either the odds makers just did one hell of a job uh, picking these lines. Um, I, I struggled mightily to find a lock of the week. Uh, yeah, I am. We'll see. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's also a Friday night. I, did, I didn't have a lot of time to look at my picks, so I really did kind of fly by the seat of my pants, which usually doesn't bode well for you. But. We'll see. Uh, you should feel extra confidence. What also never bodes well for me is I feel more confident this week than last week. I think I knew who I wanted in may- maybe all the games except for like three. Uh, so I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But, yeah, usually when I feel that confident, it means I'm going to really fuck up. I like that. Yeah. You, hey, you all should. I know is we're going into week four, and as it has been going the last few seasons for either one or the other of us, one of us is usually down like – 12 games from the other one we're only down we're like given last night you got the one on me i think that only puts you two games ahead of me for the year that's right so we're, so, we're right uh, there we're both clinging yeah. to 500 with all our might because we could easily be underwater we could we could really uh with some yeah. of these games and some of these figs we could we could have really been under completely but we're we're hanging right around and uh with the season that you had last year, just the fact that you're, you know, playing around in the around 500 range has got to be a kick in the teeth. Yeah. I'm back to earth. Uh, what can I say? Yeah. It, it, I had uh-huh. a charm the last couple of years, but uh, so far, not so much, but 
I still have hope that my, my methods will work out. I, I went more stats-based this week. I'm really digging in and trying to, to find some angles, and we'll, we'll see how things work out for me. Well, I wish you luck. <laughs> uh, I know you don't really mean that. Uh, let's get the plugs in real quick before our picks. You are listening live to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That's the only place to listen to our show live. To listen to our show as a podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, many different apps, including TuneIn, MixCloud. We love all of our podcasting apps and partners that host our show. Uh, just search for In Much Less Detail, the podcast. That's the title of the show. And when you find it, go ahead and subscribe for the low, low price of free. And you will get our show in its entirety. There's these two-hour live shows, and we have a little bit of a after show after the two hours live is over. So you get all of that when you subscribe to our podcast. Uh, look for our picks on our blog, and the blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. It's been a very long week, and I'm tired as hell, so these picks will not go up on the blog as soon as this show is over tonight. I'll put them up sometime tomorrow uh, before the game. They'll be up before the games on Sunday. That much I can promise you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. Follow Jason at IMLDJTG. And email the show with any questions or comments. Send those emails to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. And with that, it is time to finally make our picks for week four in the NFL where Jason feels less confident than usual, and I feel more, and the only thing I know that means is it guarantees that Jason will have a better record than me this week. I hope so. Last time I dropped right. a Thursday night game to you to start the week, I uh, rallied back, so. Yep, yeah, so so here we go. We, we may have another rally situation. My lock, I saw it and, and clicked on it and no matter what I saw later on I wasn't going to change it because of just because of last week no matter how I felt about it I was going to stick with my lock when I clicked on it and and actually shocked myself by by locking this particular team in because I never thought I'd do that but we'll be wow getting okay. to that shortly so straight down the list we go no highlight games no no filler straight no chaser get right to the nitty-gritty Starting with Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. Carolina at one and two, back to the kid Kyle Allen. Cam Newton once again uh, getting the week off. Uh, they came right out, the Panthers did, as soon as that game was over. Say, yeah, Cam's not going to play next week either. He needs a little more. So, uh, yeah. as far fetched as it sounds, this may, may be one of the beginnings of one of those situations where Kyle Allen kind of stays in there a lot longer than, than people might think, maybe even permanently. I, I, I shudder to say that, but you, you never know. That's how bad Cam has, has looked uh, the last couple of years. Uh, meanwhile, the Houston Texans at 2-1, and one, trying to get themselves in gear, coming off the impressive win last week. Uh, Panthers with Kyle Allen are four-point underdogs at the Texans. Yeah, I think that this, uh, I think this line is uh... – a lot lower than it should be, uh, which usually means that yeah, I'm absolutely going to take the Houston Texans here. I think this is a lot of Kyle Allen love. We, we saw some competency from the quarterback position for the Panthers, which we hadn't seen in a long time, but a lot of teams are going to look competent against the Arizona Cardinals and that atrocious defense and guys not knowing where to be. And uh, so that's great. I don't see Kyle Allen going out and, and throwing for three or four more touchdowns against a, a good Houston defense, a team that puts pressure on the opposing quarterback, 
unlike the Arizona Cardinals, Kyle Allen had all day to throw back there. Uh, Houston's too much for them at home. I'm going to go ahead and take Houston and uh, give those four. Yeah, this is obviously a much better defensive test for uh, Kyle Allen than he had last week. Uh, Can he keep his cool with the Houston front seven chasing him down? Uh, That would appear to be a negative just because it looks like J.J. Watt is going to show up. It looks like he's uh, finally woken up from his bit of slumber. He uh, got two sacks on Phillip Rivers last week. He got five quarterback hits, and as we've seen in the past, when he gets going, everyone gets going out of Texans. If J.J. Watt is going, that makes everything work so much better on that defense. So I'm going to concur with you and take the Houston Texans and give the four. On to the Browns and the Ravens in the Art Modell Bowl Part 1. They do that two times a year. Uh, Cleveland, again, with their cornerback situation, both Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward with hamstrings, it looks like they're both going to be down again for this game. Uh, Baltimore down Jimmy Smith, their best cornerback. Uh, He's not going to play against. We got uh, defensive backfield issues for both of those teams. Uh, But nonetheless, Cleveland uh, at one and two, they're not quite the darlings anymore because they are seven-point underdogs at the two-and-one Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, that's flipped pretty fast, hasn't it? And uh, I'm going to stick with the narrative about the Browns uh, playing a little better on the road. And I'm going to go ahead in a tough division. It's a tough division matchup. Uh, Yeah, the Browns might be banged up on the outside a little bit, but they still are very stout up the middle and up front. Um, It's interesting to see if they can get Lamar Jackson off his spot or or if they can get some pressure on him and neutralize him a little bit. He he, he hasn't had the... uh, you know, the, the same sort of party that he had in that week one win at, at, uh, in Miami. (laughs) But I think we have now come to realize that you can kind of just, anybody who's got the dolphins on their schedule is just a a week to pad your stats. And, uh, we, I think we've all realized that that's, that's not Lamar Jackson. (laughs) That's that, that's he's good, but everybody against the dolphins, you are going to want to plug and play a lot of fantasy players, so try to get as many of those. The, the Browns a different story, even even banged up on the outside. I think that the Browns lose, uh, but I think they lose in a lower scoring close uh, close game. So I'm going to take the Browns, give the seven, uh, take the seven points. I'm sorry, and uh, but I'm going to take them to lose here straight up. Yeah, the uh, the Baker backlash. Uh, she has commenced the the Baker McField, uh, the the backlash to all that love that he was getting in the off season and the, the Browns in general, the whole team was getting all that love. And we, we kind of made fun of that a little bit. Um, but the, the Ravens defensively, they're so beat up that he might get right in this game. So I can see that happening, but I'm going to go the other way uh, because Cleveland cornerbacks being out again, we saw what happened uh, last Sunday night against the Rams. they, Got going slow, but once they they figured it out, uh, the Cooper Cup just kind of crisscrossed all across the field against them. And uh, Hollywood Brown is a little better than Cooper Cup, so I think this is another star turn in another stat padding situation for Lamar Jackson to put up a whole bunch of yards and a whole bunch of points on a defense that's not whole and, and is not really ready to to handle him. So I'm going to actually take Baltimore and give the sub, and I think this might be a squish. Uh, and that. that Pressure just keeps building. You know, sometimes that pressure, you, you don't know how to turn that off. It might just keep building on the Browns. 
Uh, on to the Redskins and the Giants, and oh, Danny, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy, Danny. Uh, 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 I, I'm calling him Danny Jones, but his, his name is Daniel. But I, 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 I prefer Danny. I'll call him Danny Jones. Mister um, Adversity. <laughs> his official nickname on the show, Mister Adversity. Um, but he's he's not going to have nearly the the help that he had in his debut because down goes Saquon Barkley with an ankle injury yeah. and. Good luck, Wayne Gallman Jr. That, that's that's the new running back for the Giants. Yeah, Jr. Who? Yeah, it's very important. Wayne Gallman Jr. I don't want to confuse so. him with the more popular Wayne Gallman <laughs> Senior. <laughs> uh, Terry McLaurin has a, a hamstring injury for the Skins on a short week, so we'll see if he's going to play. How effective he's going to be. Uh, the Redskins at 0-3, uh, only the cop-out line, three-point underdogs at the 1-2 New York Giants. Yeah, my my favorite stat of the week here is the Giants' defense is giving up 10.5 yards passing per attempt. I'm looking right so at if, it. 30, if you 30 just, second in the league. If you just drop back to throw, <laughs> you're going to get a first down every time. Against the New York Giants defense, and uh, we've we've joked about the Washington Redskins and that cannon fodder uh, quarterback carousel that they've been throwing out there. <laughs> Surprisingly, has been semi competent and been putting up better than league average numbers. I, I know that sounds shocking, but they are top half of the league in both yards per attempt and quarterback rating overall. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Redskins to go on the road and win at the Giants and just continue to shred that porous defense. Yeah, that kid McLaurin is a big part of that uh, number for the Redskins. He's come out of the gate really hot, uh, again, with the hamstring. That's got me worried uh, on the short week, like I said. Uh, But I'm looking at the biggest factor to me is, man, the the hype and the buzz in that stadium, in Giants Stadium, when Dan Jones appears, when, when old Danny Boy appears, Mr. Adversity, uh, they're going to treat him like it's the Beatles and it's got to be like Giants tradition to, to take a dump when that happens. They, they have to drop this game. When, when he comes out as the conquering hero and everyone says, you're the man now and we love you, uh, he's got to go around, uh, turn right around and throw three picks. That, that's, that's the Giants way. That's just what's going to happen. So uh, I'm with you. I'll take the, the Redskins and I'll take the three points and I'll take them to win straight up. Just got to happen. Uh, yeah, this is this is usually the way the hype machine tends to correct itself. That's right. All right, Clippers and Dolphins. Uh, is there anything to really say about this? This is so un- so uninteresting. Um, no, it's, it's totally uninteresting. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just don't know how to quit you. I'm taking the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> oh no! Because oh. I, I I don't trust the Chargers at all. The Chargers have either lost or let people hang around with abandon. They're going on the road cross country from from L.A. to Miami, one of the longest trips you could make in football. And we know that the Dolphins are st- they're still trying. I'm going to take all the points. They are still trying. Um, only uh, news on the injury front is, is that uh, they're doing it again. The Clippers are using their punter tie long as the place kicker. They still haven't learned. We're doing it again. I'm smelling that cover. Oh, God. Uh, but, hey, uh, Mel Gordon, 
he, he saw the, the, the schedule and he saw the Dolphins come down and say, you know what? I'm good. Wait a I don't, minute. I don't hold out anymore. I'm, I'm all right. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so Melvin Gordon out of, uh, out of commission, out of his holdout and onto the field to face the Miami Dolphins. Just, so easy. He's just going to eat up yardage and everything's going to be just looking like it's coming up roses for, for Mel Gordon. He's all good now because you're playing Miami. Um, yeah, I understand that the Chargers are not to be trusted overall. I, I, I get it, but but come on Clippers. This is your time. This is the game where you need to turn it around. Come on, LA. This is it. Uh, the, the spread, by the way, is 14. Uh, I, I don't think I had mentioned that, but the yeah. One and two Chargers uh, give 14 points at the 0-3 Dolphins. Like I said, it's more disturbing to me that the Dolphins were trying so hard and still suck like that. Like, what are they going to look like when they do stop trying? Like, that's going to really look horrible. That's going to be 65 to nothing when they stop do- doing that. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the, the Clippers and give the 14. 17 to, to nothing is not exactly the, the beating of a lifetime, but that covers. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the Chargers. All right. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, and Melvin Gordon probably looks at this as, hey, you know what? I skipped out on the whole preseason, and now I actually get to come back for a preseason game. Exhibition week eight. He gets to get his, week, his work in because anybody <laughs> who's playing the Dolphins is clearly just working on things. Exactly. On to the Raiders and the Colts. Uh, Oakland at one and two. Indy at two and one. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has not practiced all week. It certainly looks like he's going to miss this game. Uh, despite that, the Raiders are still, of course, underdogs. Uh, Murga gets seven points at the two and one Colts. Yeah, we didn't learn our lesson last week with the with the Raiders, and I don't think that was so much of uh, us not realizing that the Raiders are just bad as it was that the Vikings and Kirk Cousins are just going to steamroll bad teams. Um, still going back to the well this week, though, with the, with the Raiders. I don't feel real confident about this one, but I think that the, uh, I think the Colts have maybe overplayed their hand a little bit, maybe due for a little bit of a letdown. This feels like the kind of spot where is a big home favorite. And these, these players, they know the lines. And trust me, these people are very connected to these things. And sometimes I think that that leads teams almost into that. Like we saw with the Cowboys for three and a half quarters of that game against the Dolphins, just didn't know what to do with is being such huge prohibitive favorites. It's like, oh, we're just, we're going to win the game anyways. Um, I, I can see the Raiders keeping this one close and the Colts pulling it out late. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the uh, Raiders and the seven points. Yeah, it's a big deal to me about T.Y. Hilton being down. He's so much the the focal point or has been the focal point uh, of the Colts' offense when he's on the field. And when he's not, it's it's sort of a different offense. So the Colts had sort of been run heavy anyway and focusing a little bit more on the run game, trying not to put so much pressure on Jack Brisket. But now with with T.Y. Hilton not out there, uh, anytime they have to throw the ball, the pressure is going to be on Jack Brisket to make a play because he's got to look around at this crew of people that are left over and going, uh, I don't know who to throw to. I don't trust any of these guys. Uh, this just, to me, smells like finally a, a chance for Murga to, to find a way to to cover a spread, to get a win even maybe straight up. Uh, I don't know how many chances they're going to have, and I don't put them in the same category as the Dolphins because the Dolphins are a separate category by themselves. We've been making it's fun a new of how level. 
of bad. It really is a new depth, a new valley. Uh, we make, we've been making fun of how bad Murga's been tanking for the last couple of years, and the Dolphins basically are like, hold my beer, watch this. And they're showing you how to really tank. So uh, I, I think Murga, this is it. This is going to be the chance for, for, the, for the Raiders to uh, have a good showing, have a win. They got the best player on the other team is hurt. Uh, they're on the turf, so whatever Derek Carr and, and his, his targets can finally – get some traction going and, and make some yardage and, and make something happen. I feel a little more confident about this than, than you do. Cause seven is a lot of points. Uh, it it's, it's Jack brisket and without T Y Hilton and wow. favored by seven. I, I don't see that at all. So I'll, I'll take the Raiders. I'll take the points and I'll lock it up. I cannot that's believe a, I'm locking a, up the Raiders. That's a murder lock. Wow. It is. But I don't know how much I'm going to feel confident about them the rest of the year. This is going to be their their high point, I think. I, I have a feeling. Yeah, this feels this feels a bit trappish for the Colts. Um, so I like the I like the pick. We both made it. So all right. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't disagree with my pick. You, you're not no. locking it up because God forbid someone lock up the Raiders. Uh, On to the Chiefs and the Lions. Hey, it's a battle of undefeated. They're on the same level, right? The the Chiefs are three and zero. The Lions are two zero and one. Uh huh. They're both undefeated. Yeah. They're 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 equals. They're peers. <laughs> Chiefs are six and a half point favorites on the road. They give six and a half at the Lions. Yeah, it's it's, it's Andy Reid versus Ass Clown. So, <laughs> but somewhat buried in that has been the fact that Matthew Stafford has started off the season really hot. I saw an interesting stat that he's the, was he the first quarterback to have three receivers, three different receivers go over a hundred yards and catch a touchdown in his first three games. That's an amazing stat. It's more amazing than that. It's four different receivers in the oh, first four three different games. receivers. Yes. In three games. So four different guys over a hundred yards in three games, all catch a touchdown. So Matt Stafford, no one's ever questioned Matthew Stafford and his ability to throw the football. And I've got a weird feeling about this, this Detroit team this year, specifically whatever the schedule says at Detroit, Detroit doesn't feel like a very good team overall their defense has been playing good they're not I don't think they're going to be overly a particularly well coached team but I've got a feeling they're going to have a little bit of a home field advantage this year so I think that and also given the fact that Stafford is is playing at a really high level and moving the ball around to these receivers and getting the job done in Kansas City's defense is the eh, Kansas City on the road not the most impressive I'm not going to go full upset alert here, but I'm going to definitely take the Lions and the points. Um, I think they can keep this close and what may end up being a a 38-34 Chiefs win. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I saw the same stats. I was definitely aware of that, um, that Matt Stafford is really spreading it around and it was actually going to send me off on a bit of a, not a ramp, but, but an appreciation of Matthew Stafford because we've made fun of China doll around these parts for many, many years. And he's gotten his fair share, excuse me, fair share of criticism uh, throughout the years for never really winning the big one and never putting together the, really the type of career and season that people were sort of expecting from him as a number one overall pick out of Georgia. But look, when you uh, think about this era of quarterbacks and Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, uh, 
Philip Rivers, even uh, Aaron Rodgers, for God's sake. And, and the list goes on and on and on of great quarterbacks. Stafford is absolutely going to get washed under and sort of forgotten about. And he's, he should be appreciated. He's, he's, uh, for for several years, to me, he was as good as as Matt Ryan, as good as uh, some of these other quarterbacks that people, oh God, you know, that would fawn over every year, and especially in fantasy and whatnot. And Stafford was solid, man. He was right there with all of them, uh, especially when you know Calvin Johnson was his number one guy. Uh, but I, I respect the hell out of Matthew Stafford. He's, he's been solid. He is, hasn't been a, a mega star, but uh, he's been very very. Uh, steady in, in his career and I, I think we don't really appreciate that and that stat about the way he spread it around uh, sort of triggered the, the thoughts about Patrick Mahomes and what he's been doing uh, especially the last couple of weeks without Tyreek Hill his, his best playmaker who's been hurt and that's sort of next level spreading it around what the hell Pat Mahomes is doing because if we're impressed by the way Matt Stafford's been spreading around, how about Pat Mahomes? How about him making stars out of Demarcus Robinson and Mecole Hardman and guys you'd never ever have heard of? Uh, but man, this guy, he looks like he's going to be an all timer, Pat Mahomes. He really does. Um, so I have to measure my disdain for the, for the Lions and the whole organization and, and the ass clown coach. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, completely shit all over them and say, oh, God, the, the Chiefs are my lock of the week because they're, the Lions are so overrated. I wanted to give them a fair assessment, and then I realized this is Kansas City and that offense, and it's indoors, and it's going to be Pat Mahomes' first game on turf, and this, this should be a, a squish. This should be a route. So uh, I'll take Kansas City, and I'll give those six and a half. I, I, I don't think it's going to be close. At least it better not be. Well, no, you picked them to, to not be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, here's another battle of undefeated. These are also peers, right? The the, the Patriots and the Bills. They're, they're both three and zero. Come on. Yeah, yeah, they are battling for first yeah. place. New England is a seven and a half point favorite on the road at the Bills. Yeah, my favorite pick of every year is the first time that we get the team in the division <laughs> that the Patriots have to play who's going to rise up. They're going to, uh-huh. you know, every year we get this, it's the dolphins or it's the jets or this time it's the bill. It's just basically, it's just the bill's turn to Let's feel what being to feel what the little brother looks like. This is, this is the, <laughs> I mean, this is Tom Brady's home away from home here. We we've seen Tom Brady go into Buffalo and just absolutely decimate this team uh, in his own, them completely in his career. I think what Buffalo is doing is nice. I think that Buffalo has uh, a world-class defense. They'll have, uh, they'll probably continue to have a great defense through the rest of the season. I, I definitely have them going to the playoffs as a wild card because I think the way they've won, uh, with the way they won two of their first three games, where it was just grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, and get the big play late. Uh, they did it against Cincinnati. And then they did it in week one against the Jets. I think that's the way Buffalo is going to win their games. And eh, that shit don't work against the Patriots. Patriots squish. <laughs> this has got 30 to 13 written all over it. Three cake opponents for the Bills the first three weeks. And now here comes New England. We talked about this all building up to, to from from week one to week four. And here it is. And I'm 
proud of the public for not buying in and not putting a bunch of money on the bills as if they're peers to the Patriots. So that's a good thing because uh, they're not. They're, they're, they're not peers at all, and the Patriots are going to destroy them and let everybody know that they're not peers. So I'm totally with you on that one. On to the Titans and the Falcons, and they're both one and two, and they're both desperate, and it's kind of hard to figure out what to make of both of them. They they can both go one way or the other, so I, this one I don't really have a, a firm grip on, but we'll see how you feel about this. Uh, yeah. Titans Titans are four-point underdogs at the Falcons. Yeah, I'm actually taking the Titans to win this game straight up. I understand that mm. Matt Ryan is, uh, you know, next level at home. That's the one thing that kind of scares me about this game is his home road splits, very very much like the Rams. Um, but Matt Ryan's already thrown six picks in three games. This is a bit of a ball-hawking secondary. We saw that week one on the road in Cleveland. Uh, this is a team that you put the ball anywhere near these defensive backs and they'll, they'll pick it. Um, I don't like the fact that Keanu Neal's out for the year and they're going to be facing Derrick Henry, so their big hitting safety isn't going to be there, laying any lumber on Derrick Henry, probably running through what's typically always been an undersized Atlanta. These Dan Quinn defenses are usually easy. You can pound these guys. They're fast. Uh, you generally don't get the big back-breaking long-distance plays against them, but you can wear these guys out. And I have a feeling this is going to be the Derrick Henry show. And as this game goes into the second half, I think that defense just wears down. Uh, we had these undersized, fast defenses have a you, that's their weakness. Is if you can bruise them, you can wear them out. And I think uh, with all the different ways that they can move the ball with uh, Tennessee, with Mariota, he can run. Uh, the passing game doesn't particularly scare me for Tennessee. They're, 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 that's their weakness. But the big bruising running back, that ball-hawking secondary, I think Atlanta's ripe for the upset here at home. Yeah, they better uh, run it. That's the only way they're going to get it done. They're not going to get it done through the air. Uh, Tennessee has been without their left tackle, Taylor Lewan. The first four games this is the last of his suspension for, for PEDs. And he's been sorely, sorely missed. Uh, the 17 sacks uh, that Mariota has taken, that leads the NFL. 17 in only three weeks. And, and here's week four with Atlanta, the way they fly around and, and go after the quarterback um, would seem to uh, not bode well for the Titans. Uh, so this counts as one of the games that I felt confident enough in that I knew going in who I wanted. I just uh, sort of talked myself into being afraid of it as as the week went on. But my snap judgment when I saw the schedule uh, this week was Atlanta, they need a break. And here come the Titans and all their struggles to give them a break. So I'm going to stick with that uh, that narrative, I guess, and, and take the Falcons uh, and give the four. They they need it. They really need this game badly. But if they don't get yeah, this I mean, one, they they I can win this one. They can if they win this one. They can get to two and two, and you don't feel like the wheels are coming off, you know? Right. But right. they let the Titans come in there, and I, I got a feeling that this is going to be. Um, you know, the, the, I say this have a weird feeling the Titans can wear these guys out. Titans are a very physical football team. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that one turns out. On to late afternoon action. It is the Seahawks and the Cardinals uh, in what used to be a great, great rivalry. It used but to be not, game of the year material. Not so much anymore. 
so the Seahawks at two and one uh, are five point favorites on the road at the rookie Kyler Murray and the O two and one Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, let's see. The Carolina Panthers went down there, jumped up and punched them in the mouth. And let's see. Now they get to host a Seattle team that basically got embarrassed at Seattle. I don't like those conditions for the for the for the Cardinals. And boy, the Cardinals offense. I mean, Kyler Murray's been he's been okay. He's been the shining star for them, but they cannot run the football. They're putting it all on him and their defense is atrocious. Uh I'm gonna take the veteran, I'm gonna take Russell Wilson, the old Kyler Murray one point oh. I'm going to take that guy uh, to go on the road in a game that uh, Seattle, Seattle, always, Seattle bounces back from losses um, pretty well. And I think this is sometimes you take that bad loss and you need that cream puff to take it out on. And I think that will be, and we know that Pete Carroll does not hesitate to run up the score. So I'm definitely going to take the Seattle Seahawks here uh, over Arizona. And Seattle trying to play from behind was was ugly to watch in that game against uh, the New Orleans Saints because again I wasn't overly impressed by Teddy Bridgewater and what he was doing at quarterback but they got an early lead the Saints did and uh, put it away early in the second half and Russell Wilson trying to to mount a comeback through the air is uh, is problematic he's that's just not his game they they want to pound and pound and pound and then spring that play action 50 yard bomb on you. That's where the, the Seahawks are most effective. Uh, but when Russell Wilson is forced to be the guy and throw and keep throwing that, that's not uh, their best version of football. Um, they shouldn't be trailing in this game. So that shouldn't be an issue. Um, but if they do fall behind that, it might become a problem. Um, but yeah, uh, talking about uh, sacks uh, and Tennessee uh, allowing Marcus Mariota to go down 17 times. And that leaves the NFL Kyler Murray second, he's gone down 16 times. So uh, this is a good right spot for the Seahawks. uh, Just like you were saying, Jason, so I definitely concur with you on that. And we'll both take Seattle and give the five points. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Los Angeles Rams out in California. Tampa is one and two. uh, Although, to me, Jameis Winston uh, did play better uh, last week, and, and I think uh, Bruce Arians opened up the, the playbook a little bit and let Jameis be Jameis, and as a result, Mike Evans just went off. Uh, so maybe they're starting to turn it around a little bit. We'll see. Uh, the Rams at 3-0, and uh, doing Ram things, just being the Rams. Uh, Buccaneers are nine-point dogs on the road at the Rams. Yeah, we talk about home road splits. We talked about that before with the L.A. and Cleveland game last Sunday night. Uh, This does not feel like a good spot for Tampa Bay going across the country. That defense of the Rams, I mean, that Rams team, that that L.A., even though we were joking about the the soccer stadium and all the the things that were sort of lined up against what the Rams and with all this L.A. stuff and that that was the Chargers with the soccer, but this this whole LA situation right. we don't I don't like it at all. <laughs> LA just doesn't support football teams, but LA is Rams are in that empty a, coliseum. Yeah, the coliseum, and we got the Chargers that were playing in a soccer stadium. So yeah, either way, they're both fucked. Um, <laughs> but the Rams are clearly a better team at home than what they are on the road, and you know Aaron Donald and that defense that. Jared Goff is a his home road splits are just insane how efficient he is and how much better and how many more touchdowns he throws on at home versus on the road. They went on the road, they beat a tough Cleveland team. I think they come back home and they they easily handle Tampa Bay here. I'm going to I'm going to take the Rams and give the points. 
Uh, it's a, it's a lot of points. Uh, like I said, old Gene has sort of returned against the Giants last week, and uh, I, I think maybe Bruce Arians will let him keep airing it out. I think uh, Tampa's up to uh, eight yards per pass attempt now on the year, and uh, that's what they do. They don't really uh, – they've gotten some running uh, this, this season to help a little bit with, with Ronald Jones, so – They've got a little bit of that element, but what they do best is sort of throw it up and, and play some street ball. And I think uh, this might be a shootout. This could be one of those 30-30 uh, type games uh, late in the fourth quarter. So uh, nine being a lot of points, I'm actually going to take Tampa uh, to cover that spread. On to uh, one of our games of the week, if we were doing highlight games, Vikings versus Bears. Some some NFC Norris action for, for us Chicago homeboys. Uh Minnesota at two and one with, with Kirk Cousins doing whatever it is that Kirk Cousins does, but they're they're still two and one, uh, and the Bears are also two and one with with uh, Mitch Trubisky doing whatever Mitch Trubisky does. Uh, so the defense that makes the the scared skittish quarterback make the the most boners uh, is going to wind up winning this game. So depending on which defense you want to go with, uh, Vikings are only one and a half point dogs at the Bears. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's getting to pick 'em territory. Almost only having a, a spread that low. So wait, wait, what did you say the Bears' record was? They're two and one. Oh wait, that means they have a winning record, right? Uh oh. <laughs> that means I have the Bears as my lock of the week. Kirk Cousins atrocious against teams with a winning record. He went on the road last year to Chicago and lost. He's going to do it again. Uh, that was a prime time matchup, but yeah, no, the Bears defense is too good. I mean, they've been abused. They've picked up right where they left off. I mean, they lost that first game against the Packers, but that was a game where the Packers defense did as much to shut down uh, Trubisky as they did to shut down the other team. Uh, the difference here is I think who's the more mistake prone quarterback. Well, Mitch Trubisky might have bad stretches, but Kirk Cousins will make the, the he'll, you'll, you'll just watch him and go, what? Soul-crushing Soul-crushing interceptions. And all he needs to do is be good for one of them in the fourth quarter. And I'm going to take the Bears here, I think, one and a half points. I mean, that does not set the bar very high for expectation. I like the Bears straight up. So if it's only a one and a half point spread against Kirk Cousins, yeah, I'll, I'll lock that up. Mm. I wonder, uh, with our uh, opinions of each team, um, consider taking that into considerations. Which is the bigger upset shocker uh, as far as locks of the week? Uh, knowing my opinion of the Raiders that I lock them in, or knowing your opinion of the Bears that you lock them in? Well, I don't know which one is, is, is more shocking. Um, if we had a big listenership, I'd say the open up the phone lines and ask them, but but that's not the case, and I don't want to open up the phone lines anyway, especially not this late. But anyway. Um, we're actually going to see this one uh, very differently. We're going to watch this game with a lot, with a lot of uh, intensity and attention. Um, a lot of things to me slant against Chicago. Uh, no Taylor Gabriel coming off that three touchdown performance he had Monday night. He winds up getting concussed and he's not going to play at all. Uh, so you think about Trubisky, his first three friggin' touchdowns of the year uh, to the same guy. And so, oh, oh my God, thank God he's found a connection with somebody. Oh, he's out. Just, just sit down, and, and we're not going to even have him as an as an option for this game. Um, Akeem Hicks, the, the defensive tackle, uh, if you were watching the end of that 
Monday night game against the Redskins, which I was because I had fantasy implications that I already covered. Uh, you saw Hicks uh, hobbling around on the sideline with a knee injury. So I, I think he's going to play, but I don't think he's going to be uh, anywhere close to 100%. And I think that's a huge deal because when I when I talk about the defense that makes the, the, the quarterback make the most mistakes is going to be the, the, the defense that wins. I don't think Chicago has the run game to take pressure off of Mitch Trubisky making more mistakes. I don't think David Montgomery uh, has, has come through yet and, and lived up to his potential. And, and uh, Tarek, uh, Tarek Cohen has been a, a ghost so far this year. Uh, and on the other side, when you talk about Dalvin Cook running through everybody and, and taking that pressure off of, of Kirk Cousins, who still will make this old crushing INT despite that. But my point is, uh, at least there's the the element there of, of a running attack. And if Akeem Hicks isn't filling up that middle, it's going to be even easier for, for Cook to keep running. And, and we know the Vikings are trying to have Cousins throw as little as possible uh, to, to also help take the pressure off. And, and we made that joke already that he's, uh, veering into Chris Winkie territory. If the Vikings might have him throw seven times on Sunday against the Bears uh, in, a, in an attempt to win that game. So uh, to me, that, that slants towards the Vikings right now uh, as the better team that, that may change as the year goes on. But right now, I think it's Minnesota uh, in this game, and, and I'll take the Vikings. Yeah, so you're crapping on my lock there. I, I am. Last year, too. I seem to remember that Sunday night game last year. Or was a Sunday or Monday night game, Bears-Vikings, and you were heavy. You were on the Vikings, and I had the Bears, and I won that. So I'm hoping history repeats itself here. Yeah, I'm that seems that to be a Bears is going to win me a pick. It is a blind spot. I, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the kid Trubisky as much as I love him sometimes. When I see him against a, a talented veteran defense like the Vikings, I, I tend to go – yeah, the Vikings should take care of business. But didn't have it last year, so we'll, we'll see about this year. Uh, on to the Broncos and the Jaguars. This one I had no idea. Uh, I, I, all the way up until the beginning of the show, I didn't know which way I was going to go at all. I, I have no read on this one whatsoever. Uh, Jacksonville at one and two. Uh, Minshew Mania is, is taking over, in case you haven't heard, and uh, everyone – falling in love with the mustachioed quarterback Gardner Minshew for the Jags. No one's falling in love with Joe Flacco. Uh, they're 0-3, the Broncos are. And despite that, the Jags are still three-point underdogs at the Broncos. Yeah, the Jags get in three-point. I'll tell you who will be in love with Joe Flacco. The Jaguars pass rushers. <laughs> uh, they're up to 13 sacks after that nine-sack performance now that they had in that, uh, in that previous on that Thursday night game against a mobile quarterback. And now they get to play the human statue himself and Joe Flacco. So uh, I don't think the absence of Jalen Ramsey will end up hurting them as much because I don't think Joe Flacco is going to have enough time to find any open wide receivers. Um, I've been impressed with Minshew so far. Uh, this really feels like a low scoring, really low scoring, ugly kind of game, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Jaguars straight and with the points. Um, just based on the fact that I don't trust a quarterback against this pass rush who can't move around. Yeah, let's uh, review the week of Jalen Ramsey here at this point. Uh, oh, boy. He, uh, he said he's not going to play. It looks like he's not going to play. They, they're not being very official with their announcements about Jalen Ramsey. They're sort of like, well, I don't know. He's, he's not here, and he said he was hurt and sick, and coach is kind of laughing at him uh, during the press conference because Bradley can't keep a straight face when talking about him. So uh, everyone knows Jalen Ramsey demanded 
a, a trade, or I, I should say requested, because demanded is a different uh, animal, but uh, he, he requested a trade. Um, it looked like he was going to be traded. Uh, then they played that Thursday night game. The rumor was that he was going to get traded after that was over. They played him despite the, the trade rumors, which I thought was asinine because you're risking someone who's very valuable getting hurt, and now you don't have any trades at all. But he came out of it fine. Um, then the reports were that they were asking too much. They're looking for two first-round picks. So it looked like the trade might not happen. So now you're Jalen Ramsey, and you're looking at a trade request that looks like it might not get honored, and now you're going to be stuck with a team that you requested to be off of. Hmm, what to do? What to do? Well, here's what Jalen Ramsey decided to do. He didn't show up for practice uh, after uh, the, the long weekend. He said he was sick. Okay. Uh, nobody believed that, but that's what he said. Then he decided that he had a hamstring injury. Then he decided he had a back injury. So now he's sick and he's got injuries and now he can't come to practice. Then he decided, you know what? I'm having a baby. Yeah, my baby mama's pregnant and she's about to, to have my second child. So I got to go. No one heard a thing about this pregnancy and he's about to have a kid. This was completely out of the blue. Uh, I'm not trying to intimate that he made up a baby mama in a pregnancy or whatnot, but I'm just saying uh, I hadn't heard anything about that before. So now he's off on paternity leave. And if this were an office job, we might not see him back until what week 10. <laughs> don't you get six weeks or so for paternity? Uh, leave FMLA, nowadays? you can take 12 weeks. Uh, oh, <laughs> we may not see him until the playoffs if they even make it that far. Um, so he's off, uh, apparently his, his, his baby mama's having a baby. Um, if he comes back from that, then I'm sure he'll have to deal with, uh, something at area 51. He'll have to go and, and take care of that. Uh, and after that's over, he'll have to go out to Sweden to accept the Nobel prize. Uh, and after that's over, he might have to come back, uh, to America. He might be tied up in court. There, there's something, uh, there's something about a whistleblower. I think I read, I don't know. Uh, he might be tied up in that. Jalen Ramsey is going to find a way to be tied up in something, and, and he's not going to get back on the field uh, maybe ever. He, he may string out these these excuses and uh, the strippers at the club uh, hitting them in the head and baseball bats. He, he might have a, a story for every day of the week, uh, so we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But uh, Antonio Brown and the stuff that he was pulling, I didn't think this would be rivaled by anybody this year, but this is – it, it, it's coming close. It's, it's coming closer to rivaling some of that ABBS uh, than people might think. This is pretty uh, ridiculous. That, that nobody believes any of the stuff that Jalen Ramsey is saying, with the possible exception of the baby mama about to, to have a baby. And even that, I'm a little skeptical about, about that. But that's just me. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, I like I said, I had no read on this thing. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a distraction at all about Jalen Ramsey being out there, but I know there's uh, a missing, very talented player from that defense uh, that the Broncos may be able to take advantage of. I don't know. Um, I know the Denver defense doesn't get to uh, Gardner Minshew. He will fly again, and they've had a lot of trouble getting to people they haven't gotten to anyone. They have no sacks and no takeaways uh, this year. I don't I don't know if Big Fangio's okay. We might have to do a wellness check on him. Uh, but this is one of those, I, I just got a feeling the, the Broncos defense that you're talking about Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb and some really, really talented players. I think they've probably heard a lot of the stuff uh, about how they haven't gotten anybody in there. They're, they're about due. 
Um, so I'm going to take them to the bust of the Minshew mania bubble and, and I'll take the Broncos. Uh, don't feel particularly great about it, but I'll take Denver and give it a three. Okay. On t- on to Sunday night football. It's the Cowboys and the Saints, uh, which is going to be a much, much bigger matchup before Drew Brees hurt his thumb, of course. So the 3-0 and Cowboys looking about as good as any team in the league so far. Uh, curious what you think of this line. Only two-and-a-half-point favorites at Teddy Bridgewater and the 2-1 and New Orleans Saints. Yeah, so we're given – so the fact that the, you know, the Saints – I think are still going to be getting discounted here, even though they went up to Seattle and they quitted themselves very well. I, I think that you're giving the saints a home discount in the dome. Uh, man, are they asking for us to bet on the saints? Because I understand that the Cowboys have, Oh man, the Cowboys are going to the super bowl right now. I, I mean, the Cowboys <laughs> have also, the Cowboys have played nobody. I mean, the Cowboys, the, the Saints wins, I would say, qualify as much more quality of beating the Texans and the Seahawks, um, one with Drew Brees and one without. The, those wins qualify, I think, as much bigger quality wins than anything that the Cowboys have stacked up so far. I think the other thing I've been hearing all week is about the way in their last matchup that the Cowboys were able to play these, uh, uh, like a little bit more exotic scheme, and they really bottled up Alvin Kamara. That's great, but that also means that they put all of that on tape. And Sean Payton, he's a pretty good coach. He kind of knows what he's doing offensively. I think he's going to put his players in good positions. He loves trick plays. He will pull out all the stops. And I honestly think that the Cowboys have played a a cream puff schedule, and they're going to come into this game perhaps a little overconfident, uh, very much like Seattle was last week at home. And I think the Saints spring the upset. In the oh, that just sounds right. That doesn't even sound right. That's why I'm taking the Saints straight up. Hmm. You're saying you might be uh, getting caught up a little in something. We're caught in a trap. I can't walk out. Well, I'll tell you what I think of that. Uh, Got two wide receivers on either side that will not be there. Michael Gallup for the Cowboys is down. Traquan Smith is down for New Orleans. Uh, but, of course, the biggest injury is Drew Brees being down. Uh, yeah, I don't think I want to take any piece of, of, of Teddy B. I still don't believe in him. Who that Who that believes in Teddy Bridgewater? That, that Not me. I'm sorry. I, I don't believe him. And the, and the Cowboys, yeah, they haven't played anybody. I, I, I agree with that. But the old Cowboys, even when they didn't play against anybody, found a way to not look very impressive. These Cowboys, they're beating up on the teams they're supposed to beat up on. And that's a that's an improvement. That's that's good for them. At least they're able to do that much, which they hadn't even been able to do that before. Uh, so I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to give the two and a half. It, it feels like maybe a, a trap for myself because I really thought that spread would be bigger the way uh, Dallas has played so far this year, and, and you're talking about taking Drew Brees out of the equation. How many points is that? How much? How many points does that cost? Because when you talk about the Saints offense with Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Brees, shouldn't that cost him about, I don't know, 10 points maybe? Um, shouldn't this be uh, – you, you think New Orleans would have been favored by, what, four, five or so if, if Drew Brees was, I, no, was playing? No, this is what I think, honestly. Though, if, if Drew Brees was healthy, I think this is cop-out line territory. Too much oh, Cowboys love out there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah I, you I mean, might be right. Yeah, this is cop-out line territory. I don't think I don't care how good the the Saints are. 
the, the Cowboys are always going to get a little bit more love than I think they deserve. They're, they're very Notre Dame-ish in that respect. Like, Notre Dame loses a game, they're still in the top ten. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that would only happen until maybe Alabama. That's about it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I understand that point. So, Monday Night Football, and we've got uh, eight minutes to pick it, which I can't believe we've got that much time. But we do have two teams on by this week, so that opens we're up. We're tired, uh, and we're being economical. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jets are off and also the 49ers. Um, and not much to talk about Monday night because it's two 0-3 teams, so this is really going to be economical. Oh. Here's another oh. rivalry that used to be used to be great, the, the Bengals and the Steelers. Um, so, yeah, two awful, awful teams, and Cincinnati is actually a three-and-a-half, so we have to deal with a hook, three-and-a-half-point dogs at the Steelers. Yeah, and I'm not uh, – honestly, I am completely beside myself at trying to understand how – the Saints are get I mean how the Steelers here are even getting more than the cop out line. I understand that the that the Bengals are atrocious, but they haven't been as atrocious as I'd expect. And it's a divisional matchup. It's two teams that we just know plain don't like each other. The Bengals are not going to get a lot of opportunities on prime time and they're playing a heavily wounded team in the Pittsburgh Steelers that doesn't have any, uh, I mean, you you think about it, Roethlisberger, Brown, and Bell, all gone. And the Bengals finally getting a little primetime love. Now, hopefully this isn't Andy Dalton Thursday night primetime love, where he's, you know, one for 17 for 18 yards or something like that, because we've seen those Andy Dalton. We've we've seen that script before from Andy Dalton, but he's been... Okay. I mean, they competed against a stiff Buffalo defense last week, almost pulled out the win on the road in Buffalo, which I honestly think right now is a tougher place to play than at Pittsburgh, given the current state of that dumpster fire. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Bengals straight up. Yeah, but, man, you talk about already uh, heckle and jide uh, with the Bengals that compete the entire game in week one against Seattle. Uh don't compete at all in week two uh, and don't compete the first half of week three and then come back and, and give them all they can handle in the second half. I, I don't know what to, I don't know. I have no idea what to make of the Bengals um, and really don't know too much what to make of the Steelers with, with the, who's their quarterback. I, I forgot his name already. Too. Mason Rudolph. Mason Randolph. Um, yeah. Rudolph. Yeah. I, I don't Something's got to give. I know that much. 0-3. I, I guess maybe the perfect ending would be for, for this to be a tie, and neither one of them gets a win. And <laughs> both continue <laughs> to go winless. Um, yeah, but, think yeah, about but that, unfortunately, that, they threw that hook on there for you, so we can't have a push on this one. Yeah, think about that rivalry. The, the perfect. And, and Brown, A.B., Pac-Man, Marvin Lewis, Ben, all of them, all of them gone. This this just shell, just, you know, both those teams, a shell of their teams that, that are left over. The only people left are, are uh, Red Rifle at the quarterback and Mike Tomlin. It was about the only guys left from that, that rivalry that was so great just a few short years ago. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not going to worry about the hooks. I'm going to take Cincinnati straight up as well because the Steelers <laughs> don't really. I love it when you give me the sell job <laughs> on, like, why that's such a lousy pick. Are you just filling time because you, you ended up concurring with me there. No, I, I was, just, 
it feels easy. I I don't like the picks that feel easy, but well, I, I have zero trust. Easy. I mean the the Bengal. I mean the I mean I'm sorry, but the uh, Steelers went on the road last week, turned over the 49ers five times, <laughs> and, and they still could win. The Steelers. Yeah, I won't say easy, but it's just troubling that you're the Steelers. You know your quarterback's going to have issues. You know you got the one receiver you can count on and Juju Smith-Schuster, and that's about it. And your running game is just liquefying before your eyes because James Conner is, is on the ball all over the place and fumbling. And Jalen Samuels was supposed to be his backup to, to give him some, some boost and give him some run and maybe put a scare into him that he's going to take his job. And if I – read correctly, Jalen Samuels got zero touches last week. So, I don't know what they're doing in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, I I, I don't think they know what they're doing. Ah. So, four minutes to go in the live stream. We actually have a very rare situation where we can uh, stretch out and and fill the four minutes and talk about whatever we want to talk about. I don't think we're going to have – an after show tonight because we're both so tired. It's going on midnight. Yeah, I mean we're pushing uh, we're pushing midnight here Central Time. And I work tomorrow. I know you're off tomorrow, and uh, but I got to work, so I'll be up at probably I'll be up sometime between six and six thirty a.m. So, you know, I never can I never can quite end the show and go straight to bed. I still have all that energy for right. doing the show usually. So yeah, if we we end the show at if we do an hour after show and I end the show at one o'clock in the morning, I'm I'm not in bed until <laughs> until two. Right, um, right. Yeah. I will say, interesting story. My daughter, you know, my daughter, big Cubs fan. She got that from me. My son's not. But my daughter, you know, right at the beginning of the season, um, the Cubs were doing terrible. And I got my daughter, my got, I was down in Chicago, and I got my daughter these little Cubs earrings, right? Yep. And then, like, as soon as I got them for her, they, like, were, they were winning, and then they were in first place. Wouldn't you know, about a week ago, my daughter lost her earrings. Oh, and the Cubs then lost like eight games in a row after yeah. my daughter lost her earrings. No joke. My daughter lost her little Cubs earrings. She was sleeping. She would, she had these on all the time. She wore them all summer. And she got up the one day and she was super bummed because she lost. She couldn't find her Cubs earrings. So she had to put on different earrings. And the Cubs then went, the Cubs were in the middle already. They're right at the beginning of this long losing streak. They went on to then win, lose nine total in a row get knocked completely out of the playoffs and uh I, I put it all on my the, the bad luck of my daughter losing her cubs earrings oh that's, that's, yeah. that's i'm not too blaming bad. the I... cute factor i'm just saying that she <laughs> lost the, the magic was gone yeah I, I remember that being that age too and thinking things like that like i i buy my lucky t-shirt and if i didn't wear it then the socks lost and it was all my fault i should have worn my white socks t-shirt the whole time but I, I, I remember those days it's when, when you're young and in your, your formative sports years like that, it really does feel like life and death, like every year. And she only knows the Cubs as a good contending franchise too. So she's really like, what happened? They're, they're supposed to be good and, and they're out of the playoffs. She doesn't know think about, about the, the that. Hundred, though. Yeah, think about growing before. up like that now, you know, yeah. I've got the world series uh, poster and the basement all framed and everything. And think about growing up and all she thinks of is like, the Cubs are really good. Mm-hmm. And she has no concept of the fact knew. that I, yeah, yeah. So the fact that they're all oh, they're not in playoffs this year, oh man! But at least Joe Madden, we know, will be gone. I'm, I'm done with yeah. Joe Madden. 
even when they were really good at winning the winning, I was, uh, you know, I was not his biggest fan. So I'm consistent. Yeah. I, I understand. Uh, you know, like like I've said now, Hopefully, whoever replaces them is, is, is as good or better, because otherwise, it's you know you, you got a real good one there. You've had a real good one for if years. If they and... have, if they have a Vegas betting line, I'm still putting my money on Joe Girardi. Okay, you're, you're on that's, record. That's been I've been on record on that for months. Yep. The yep. Joe Girardi's got to be the guy because that's the only logical guy. You got to go somebody. You got to go from the player friendly coach. Now, as you move into a more veteran squad, they're not going to bring in David Ross to be the manager of the Cubs, you know, (laughs) or some player friend. Well, they need a guy to come in there. He's not going to put up with the BS. He's not going to put up with the, with, with, with the, you know, not hitting with runners of the edge. George already will not put up with the bull crap. All right. That'll do it for our live show with a little baseball at the end. Uh, What small after show we have, uh, we'll have it when we come back. To our VIP after show program, yeah, the the playoffs right around the corner in baseball, and uh, as usual, most of those teams we knew at the beginning of the season who were going to be in the playoffs. Very, very few surprises. So that's uh, something that's it, it, it's a little tiresome in, in in baseball that you know who's going to be yeah. there. You know the Dodgers are going to be there. You know the. Uh, well, the Nationals making it in was was that was surprising interesting the way they did it, um, but like all of us have picked them every year to to be there because they they have so much talent and eventually you, you figured they would put it together and and make a, a, a just a playoff run at least so they they did that much, um, but the usual suspect the Yankees the the uh, the Devil Rays are. A, usual suspect for some unknown reason because they just keep having solid teams. I don't know how they do it, but, but they're always around. Um, so yeah, we're, we're getting ready for some postseason baseball and it has been a disappointing season for, for several fan bases, the Cubs among them, the, uh, the, the Phillies. I think a lot of us thought that adding Bryce Harper would sort of put them over the top and it didn't work out for them. So I did back not to the drawing that. board. I was yeah, actually, I, I had the Phillies out of the playoffs. Um, I was going back. It's funny today and looking in, in advance at my preseason picks here for, um, for baseball. I had, I had Astros Braves world series in our season preview. Um, you know, Braves that, that would be an underdog pick. I think everybody just assumes all oh, it's gotta be the Dodgers. I still feel really good about the Astros. I still like the Astros lining up against even the Yankees in the series because of that pitching and the youth. And I mean, I don't trust the Yankees starting pitching. Their, their bullpen's nice, but man, their starters just really scare me. And I think uh, Houston's much better. I still have to say my pick I'm most proud of is Minnesota Twins. Uh, yeah, to win the Central. So, three hundred homers, good guys. But it's just it, it, don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah, every team set their team record. I understand that. Yeah, I, no, it, no one else it, did three hundred though. It, it, yeah, I mean, it is not. No, uh, the three hundred is impressive, but I am not. Uh, I am not of the opinion this is a a good thing. Why not? Chase I know the long ball. 
No, it, it's so boring <laughs> and dull. The strategy of baseball, I, and some of the coaches have even been complaining about it. Some of the commentators, but you know, you know, the the, the whole strategy of baseball now is just stand around and wait for a guy to hit a home run. I mean, that that that's great in a video game, um, but that's not baseball. And I'm not a big the, fan of it. And the pitching strategy is is bring in the 98 mile an hour arm from the bullpen and strike everybody out. So it's really you know, the first four or five innings might be some strategy involved running up the pitch count and whatnot. But after that, it's just fireballer versus home run slugger. Let's see who wins. And, and yeah, it, it is a little tedious. A little, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'll still watch. I'm still oh, interested yeah, I mean, in, in the still... postseason and how it turns out. You know, and in the postseason, usually pitching rules the day. I just worry that we're going to get into the postseason and you're going to have a lot of teams that forgot how to manage small ball, you know, or manufacturing a run. And we're just going to see teams that just don't know what to do. And we're going to see a lot of runners left on base and um, a lot of guys striking out in big spots because, you know, guys aren't going to be willing to do the things that they need to do to to move a runner over a guy won't you know the pride out there and trying to beat a shift or do something necessary is just it's it's bad right now but i don't get me started because i could probably go the whole rest of the show on this one <laughs> the twins and the yankees specifically and, and and the astros if they get in the postseason and start trying to bunt i'm gonna laugh my ass off like you know that's not what you're trying to do you know all you guys just want to slug just go ahead and slug you know, you know that's what you all do. You know that's what you're best at. Don't get in and try to pretend like you're something you're not and start trying to hit to the right side and, and lay down bunts and move the runners along because you think that's the right thing to do. Just just keep swinging for the fences. That's what you do, man. Come on. Do you. Yeah. So, all right. I'm going to start my winding down process here <laughs> and start getting ready for bed and you know, uh, work tomorrow. I won't have much access to watching football on Sunday, which is sad. I won't have TV access. So I'm only going to be able to update scores um, on my phone. So I'm going to have to do a lot of uh, watching highlights. And uh, so it kind of makes me sad, but uh, you know, no Packers on Sunday. So work may be busy, which is always a good thing. People actually have to go out and do something with themselves. Yes. They have to interact with the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be uh, in front of the TV and, and watching whatever local games I got. Um, it's going to be a, a empty house for the the next I don't know how many weeks or so. Uh, my wife is going off and, and getting some uh, treatment for for uh, some eating issues that she's been having. So everybody, I'm sure, will wish her the the best of luck in dealing Absolutely. with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll be back to gotta, my gotta batch. gotta be healthy. <laughs> Especially as we all get older, man, it's it's tough. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I mean, all the mistakes of our youth, boy, we pay for them now, don't we? We sure do. And then the irony of that is, I'll be back to my bachelor days, so I'll be the one eating extremely unhealthy now. Oh, <laughs> Pop tarts before bed and three liters of Fago. <laughs> and whoppers for dinner every night. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> got your game plan all set you're lucky you don't have any tbk or you know portillo's or uh but you know what we had tonight to sort of send us off oh man yeah we we had to do it did you go to to corky's 
Oh, had to. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> had to do it. But you know what? There, at least I, I didn't eat everything there at, at dinner. At least I've learned that much that I took half of the, that rack of ribs home. So that's an improvement because yeah, well, yeah. a few years ago, I'd ate the whole damn rack. Right there. You know, see, this is see if I'm in if I'm visiting you, if I'm down there, I have to eat the whole rack just because. <laughs> how often do I get it? But man, some corkies and some sweet tea and some banana pudding that would so I've been I've been on a <laughs> diet uh, for the last month now in advance of vacation. I have you know a big vacation coming up next week, and I've been on you know I've probably lost twenty pounds or so almost um, in there advance of vacation, but. uh yeah, it's not easy. You got to resist a lot of temptation, you know, cutting out cutting out sugars and you know all that stuff's not easy to do. But it's amazing once you get through like a, about a week of being super tired from not being so, you know, fueled up that how much how much better you feel. But that's the hard part. It's 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 hard to say no. There's too much goodness in the world. Yeah, why does everything that tastes good have to be so bad for you? I, I don't know. It's it's not fair. It's just not fair. Uh, so that's the struggle that, well, you know, we've been dealing with that all our lives. So uh, we, we know the struggle. We know it well. Uh, by the way, for uh, this, this Sunday, that it really would be good to be in front of a TV for, for our picks because we're different on eight big games. Oh, man. We'll on, go four and four. <laughs> uh, and that's not counting the Thursday night one that we've already uh, – adjudicated and I, I got one up on you on that one uh so yeah it's going to be a, a, a interesting week of, of uh games that we're we, we see a lot of games like really really different too so um like i said i i don't know i i thought i felt good about a lot of my picks and then you talked about uh some of the picks that you had and how strong you felt about it and now i don't feel so strong so ah, okay yeah, and you will <laughs> probably as usually ends up being the case if we disagree on that many games most of the time there, it'll be a four and four, five and three type split. Usually, every so often usually. it goes off the rails. And one of, I mean, we very rarely. I mean, I don't remember the one time, the uh, very first, very first show we ever did, we differed on ten games. I won all ten. <laughs> you won like nine, and there was a push. Was, oh, nine! I think I was <laughs> nine zero oh, and one in the ten yeah. games in the first. Yeah, the first show we ever did, like our very first podcast, and here we are, we're football experts, right? Picking games, and here's all the things <laughs> that we've done. And yeah, the first time, the first show we ever did, we disagreed on ten. Uh, first pick show we ever did, we disagreed on ten, and uh, I went nine zero oh, and one against you that week. That was that was that was a fun one. <laughs> I'm still chasing that. I, I'll, I'll take eight and zero this week. I, it can't be nine and zero. No. Take... <laughs> Actually, it would be nine because you count the, the Thursday night one. So yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. for it. I'm gunning for you. Oh, no. let's go! I don't need that. I do not need that at all. All right. So what's up next weekend? Do we have a definitive. Uh, yeah. So uh... I leave for vacation Thursday morning, and we're gonna we're headed to New Mexico. So I will not be. Uh, able, uh, prob- probably the first pick show I've ever missed. I know I missed a, a show after surgery one time. Right. But I've never missed a pick show, but there's, I don't see any, I, I, unless we do the show on Wednesday night, and I don't think you want to make your picks on a Wednesday night. So, no. Yeah. I'm not so even available. I, I'm bowling. 
bright, so I'd have to do a Wednesday show at like 10 p.m. And I, you know, we all know how the bowling those bowling nights I know were rough for you. This is why I kind of this one day, this one night a week, I think we still get as much quality in as we did doing two one-hour shows. Um, yeah, yeah I will. I, I will end up. I'll get all my picks to you. Um, and uh, I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, you you'd suggested I hadn't really thought about it to get a, a guest picker so that it's not just me droning for an hour and uh Right. That that, that sounds like a, a plan. I got a couple people and uh, that I can call up and see if I can persuade them to to, yeah. to do it with me. So we'll see. They don't, have to, uh, they don't have to be they don't have to be football experts, but at least that gives you an opportunity to still kind of have the format and go through the picks, but then you you know and and then also give my pick. You know, so you can right. still go through, you can give your pick if you got somebody there to bounce off, you know, bounce ideas off and, you know, talk some, but you'll get a different perspective. I mean, you've been dealing with me for, you know, 35 years, so <laughs> you get a different perspective. You got to get out of my comfort zone, right? Yeah, yeah. Been doing some really crazy stuff at work, all these videos that we have to watch, mandatory and, uh, Train, training about dealing with personalities and stuff like that, and and one of them kind of stuck with me. So I've been uh, thinking about it a lot lately. This talks about being in, uh, getting out of your comfort zone, saying that there's no real personal growth unless you do things out of your comfort zone, because then you that's the only time that you can do things that you don't know that you can do, and right. then that's how you actually grow. Uh- I never really thought about it that just way. Just don't, so. just don't all of a sudden, you know, have like I don't want to come back from vacation, and find out I'm off the show or something. <laughs> no, this is this is our show. This is not my show. It's not your show. This is our all show, right, so. that's right. That's not going to happen. All of a sudden, I've been voted off the island. <laughs> all right, eight games we are against each other for week four. Like I said, I'll put those picks up sometime tomorrow. It won't be tonight, but they'll be up there. So uh, I guess for a due to you uh, for for two weeks and and well, have all the fun yeah. that you can on your vacation. I'll be, I'll be I'm leaving on Thursday. Right, you'll talk to me in two weeks. Uh, you'll yeah. officially talk to each other in two weeks. So at some I will somehow get you my picks. Whether I whether I call you to give you my picks, whether I um, do, do we do it the old fashioned way, you just write, rattle them off, and I give you my picks. Whether I uh, Twitter, you know, put them on Twitter. If you send me the lines, um, I can tweet them to you or email them back to you. So I have a feeling I may just devote 10 or 15 minutes to, to just tweeting you some picks and chunks or something. That way it didn't, you know, it's out there posterity. Um, so I guess at that point, all I would need from you would be the lines. Okay. Uh, yeah. What... I, also, I also, I mean, I may just go like, cause I've, I'm looking like I'm on the NFL pick watch where I put all my picks and we're every single line you gave me, even if it's not right is within a half a point of what they're looking. Right. So I may just go off of those and then just send you my picks based on that. And if it's off by a half a point, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, we'll definitely. If I am get so it. good at picking football games that a half a point changes my pick then I should be in Vegas. Right. <laughs> oh, three and a half? I thought it was three. I'm changing my pick. Yeah, I can't say that we haven't done that before. You're right. We 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 absolutely have. <laughs> I mean I when I, I when I had my ultimate get cute moment two weeks ago against uh, with the Bears and the Bears and the Broncos, I have a feeling it you know, we, we, we get some more history on that one. That's gonna be up there in the all timers. 
uh, you talk about nailing something. That was that was right on. About the only way you could do it better is if you nail the actual score like to the number. And which... I believe I had that as sixteen fourteen, and it ended up being nineteen seventeen. Right. Right. So, so <laughs> I was pretty close. <laughs> can't can't do much better than that. Right. So I should I don't get extra points for that though. But yeah. All right. So. I'll be in contact with you this week with the picks uh, for sure. The Thursday night pick, which we always tweet out on Thursday, um, which will be interesting because that's the day I leave. So you send me the line usually on Wednesday night. I may just put the pick out there right away on Wednesday night. um, Because we are on the road starting probably by 7 a.m. We're driving. So it's a day and a half drive. So we're on the road all day Thursday. So we're just going to be doing so much stuff with this with this vacation it's just going to be go 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 and i i can remember doing shows with you in hotel rooms with my kids um you know sitting on the edge of a hotel bed at the the water park with my kids doing the show with you but this one not this time uh, (laughs) this one's tough i got you i understand completely understand uh, so yeah, we'll we'll figure it out, and then uh, I'll be here with the show next weekend, uh, next Saturday night. Uh, might have a guest with me, might not. Uh, we'll see how all that works out. But uh, the podcast will be here next week uh, with my picks and with Jason's picks. Jason just won't be here. Uh, he'll be enjoying his vacation with his lovely wife. Um, so that's how we're gonna roll uh, next weekend. Um, so that'll be about it for us tonight on this very, very long night as we finally wind down. Um, if you have anything else? I'm good. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening and enjoy your week four of the NFL coming up on Sunday. And I will talk to you next weekend. Talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.